Good morning, Monstropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot! What can I say? The camera loves me. Shall we begin? After you, Junior. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Logged It, episode numero five. Uh, there's been five of these already, so woohoo. Uh, we are uh, tonight, main topic. Movies about families. Because when Caleb Boatman and I sat down and said, what should the topics be? We were trying to think of stuff for Fast 9, and he said, I got it. Movies about families. Genius. So that's what we're doing tonight. Uh, we got a good panel here. I'm surrounded by my mortal enemies. Uh, and uh, it's, it's scary. I'm just kidding. They're all fine people. Uh, we're going to start with Caleb Boatman. Caleb, hello. Again. Hi. Welcome. Hi. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm good. Uh, I just got back from seeing Sparks Brothers. And uh, yeah. movie's great. And uh, you can guess what band I was listening to on the way home now. Because uh, that band rocks. Uh, yeah, I have not seen that yet, but I would like to. Uh, we have Mr. Holtzman, who has seen that movie like 17 times. Uh, Mr. Holtzman, uh, how are you this evening? Uh, I'm good. I've actually only seen it three times, twice before it was even in theaters. Uh, and I'm probably going to go see it again, if I'm being honest with myself. Uh, no, I'm good. You know, filming from work like I tend to do nowadays because there's even less going on at my job now than there is usually. That's uh, fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, Nico, we welcomed you back. I wasn't here last week to witness what happened, but I watched it afterwards, and it was okay. You just didn't watch Kubo, but did you watch it this week? I did my homework. Okay. I did I did, the, I did what was asked of me. Good. So, But still, I'm probably going to get roasted equally as much as I did last week. That's fair. And we have Thomas Scully, um, the biggest Disney live-action fan I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, Thomas Scully, how are you this week? How dare you say that when Cameron Holtzman is in the same palace? <laughs> I'm doing good. I just came back from my living room where I was watching uh, Thor Ragnarok. Um, oh. Fun. Good times. Just swell times. Great movie. I love that movie. Uh, okay, well, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, like I said in the post, uh, big announcement that we have that's uh, overall multiplex related. So not just for this show, but multiplex in general. You want to check out at the end of the night. Um, so stick around. We're going to talk about it at the end. Very important. Uh, so make sure you stay for that. So, uh, But we are going to start off the show uh, the same way we do every week, uh, which is we're going to talk about our favorite movie that we logged this week. Um, Thomas Scully, we are going to start with you. What is the your favorite movie that you logged this week. If you have a couple, feel free to talk about a couple. So if you've watched my letterbox, you know, I've been running through MCU and I'm not going to talk about any of the great MCU movies. Cause we've talked about them all to death. I'm going to go over to a movie. I watched last Friday called dirty rotten scoundrels. Uh, what am I? I'm making you, I'm, I'm making you work Bowman. No, I, I wasn't going to pick it, but I'm happy about it. 
Yeah, this is one of my favorite comics of all time. It's Steve Martin, uh, Michael Caine is dueling con men in this small town on the front of the air. Caine takes Martin kind of under his wing at the beginning to kind of teach him the, the finer points of making the con and things like that. And then they, they grow in, they grow into rivals. They make a bet to see who can score a certain amount of money from a certain person. Uh, hijinks ensue. Um, and the movie is just absolutely hilarious. Ian McDiarmid, uh, Emperor Palpatine, is in this movie. That's why I call it the the Palpatine origin story because if you, if you see the shit he's uh, subjected to, you'll make sense why he he went bad. Um, but again, yeah, this movie is 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 hilarious. The way that Martin, the Kane and Martin have this kind of chemistry between each other, how they kind of go back and forth between the funny man and the straight man, because like at the beginning. Martin, Steve Martin is very much the, the the funny guy, and Kane is the straight man. But as the movie goes on, we see Kane become more of the funny guy, and Steve Martin as the straight man. So it's really fun. It's really fun to see those two actors who are known for such different kinds of filmographies play with you know being the funny guy and being the straight guy. You know, in you know in ba- in back to back scenes. Um, so I highly recommend this for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's a great '80s comedy. Um, timeless in, in 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 my opinion, ages perfectly. Um, so, without a doubt, one of my favorites. Uh, one of my favorite comedies of all time. Yeah, I haven't seen this, but I've heard really good things. I believe Cody and Boatman have both recommended it to me as something I would probably really like. So, it's been in the watch list for a while. I plan on watching it. Um, Nico, have you seen this? I have not, but hearing that Steve Martin is in it makes me want to watch it. Also, fun fact, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was my first team name from when I competed in a trivia league that was run by a certain cornhole player. But you haven't seen the movie. Have not seen it. You are an enigma. Uh, okay, we're going to go over to Holtzman. Holtzman, have you seen this movie? Uh, I have. I actually watched it because around Christmas, some of us did like a, a secret Santa, but with movies where we all gave each other movies to watch. Uh, and this was the movie that Scully, assigned, uh, Scully gave me to watch. Uh, I like it. I don't love it as much as he does. I think it's very fun. And I think uh, Martin and Kane, just the chemistry that the two of them have. You wouldn't expect those two to have such good chemistry, but they do, and it's fantastic. Bowman, what about you? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm the reason Scully watched this movie. Uh, we we did this as a uh, group watch double feature, Catch Me If You Can and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and uh, that was very fun, and I love Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I think Steve Barton is just, insane in this movie he is doing so much work uh playing freddie benson the con man more of the sophisticated version of that character playing uh the the man who is uh pretending to be a soldier uh or a former naval officer in a wheelchair and uh rupert so he's doing a lot of work in this movie and i think he's just tops there's nothing like funnier to me in this movie than when he's just trying to uh, remember Lawrence Jameson's name. And on paper, not like the funniest thing ever, but the way Steve Martin does it, just, it's hilarious. James Lawrenceton. What What did we do when Uncle Ted was here? No, after that. (laughs) No, I know after that. 
I don't know what's happening. But uh, okay, we're gonna move over to Nico. Nico, what's your favorite movie you logged this week? Okay, right, uh, my favorite movie I logged this week is a movie that up until this week I had not seen in somewhere between ten and twenty years. It is The Aristocats. Oh, okay. This this was a movie that I don't. I don't know why Holtzman finds that funny. Um, when I was a child, this is a movie I watched on rerun all the time. Uh, like I wore out that VHS tape. Uh, but you know, as you grow older, you tend to move on to other things. And uh, this movie was one of those things that got left in the dust. So I decided it's finally time for me to see it as an adult. And does it still hold up? And entertainment-wise, yes, it does hold up very much. It is still just as fun as it was when I was a child. The things that you can tell, though, that the the warning that Disney Plus puts at the beginning is justified, though, because seeing a cat, a Chinese cat, Playing literal chopsticks on a piano is kind of jarring, mm-hmm. uh, but but still, it, it, the movie itself is very entertaining, and uh, I, I'm glad I rewatched it. Um, and I've put all my fears to bed of like, am I still looking at this through the rose tinted glasses of a child? I can now say through the eyes of an adult, it is still good, or at least still entertaining. Um, I don't hate this movie. Um. It's it's not great, but I don't think it's a complete trash pile. Um, it's just it's to me it's low tier Disney. But if it's like a childhood favorite of yours, makes sense why you still like it. Um, there's lots of movies that I watched as a kid that I loved that are probably terrible. I mean, look at Boatman. He talks about cheaper by the dozen. I'm just kidding. Uh, but I'm kidding. Um, but there's there's tons of movies like that for a lot of people. So if this is one of them for you, cool. Uh, but eh, I didn't watch it a lot as a kid. Uh, maybe once or twice. We had the VHS. But um, yeah. So I'm kind of indifferent about it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Um, it's just kind of there in the Disney world for me. Uh, Scully, Aristocats. Yeah, it's fun. I think it's the Disney movie is the most forgettable. Um, yeah, you have all these w- different weird cat characters with French names that I bet just took a little Scrabble bag and just pulled out random random letters and arranged them uh, and formed weird names. Um, so yeah, the film's fine. There's really nothing too special about it. I think the music is okay. I, I will agree with Cody Edgar is kind of justified. I don't entirely blame him for what he does because uh, that old lady, a uh, little, little gone uh, in the head. Um, so yeah, it's fine. It's, it, it's forgettable. Doesn't you know? Doesn't do anything insulting besides the the one obvious oof. But in the terms of Disney oofs, it doesn't rank that high in terms of like all the Disney oofs that there have been. Holtzman. Uh... What's worse, this movie for you or the other one about cats? Oh, well, the other one about cats is definitely worse, but I, I think this movie is just so uninteresting, I guess would be the word. Like, I don't think it's terrible. It, it just, like, I don't care about this movie. Like, I watched it. I know I've seen it. I, I don't, I can't even remember if I enjoyed it or not. Uh, I can't be too harsh about this movie because my girlfriend loves this movie, uh, but it ain't for me. It's fair. Bowman, what about you? Uh, yeah, I think this is low-tier Disney. Uh, this is one that I rewatched like 
a year ago and was like, this is awful. And then I rewatched it recently and was like, this is still not good, but it's not as quite as bad as I remembered it being. Uh, but it's still ultimately like, like beyond the stuff that doesn't hold up, it's ultimately just like kind of a boring movie. And that's the biggest problem. I just think not a lot actually happens. And I don't think any of the characters are that spectacular. Uh, how do you feel about Chris Diaz calling out Chicken Little? I mean, I'll admit Chicken Little is bad. I enjoy that movie, but I'm not going to say anyone is incorrect for saying it's bad. <laughs> I, I would watch Chicken Little again before I watch Aristocats. Yeah. To be honest. This is true. This is true. That's fair. All right. Uh, Holtzman, we move on to you. Your pick. Yeah, I'm going to briefly talk about two because I watched sure. a lot of good movies this week. Uh, uh, First off, I'm going to very briefly, this isn't one of my two mentioned, I rewatched Love, Simon, one of my favorite movies. If you want to see me talk about that, watch the YLS Top 100 series because it's in there. Uh, but I rewatched the Sparks Brothers. I got to see it in the theater for the first time. I love that movie. Like, obviously, I'm going to love it because it's an Edgar Wright movie, but I think it's just so cool and so fun and so interesting. I think that Sparks as a band is a great band. It has a lot of great music. Uh, my favorite individual moment, uh, I don't want to give too much away, uh, but there's a scene where Jason Schwartzman is talking about uh, how he got to meet Sparks and talk with them one time. <laughs> and the way their conversation goes is so funny. Because <laughs> they basically ask him, hey, have you ever seen this movie? And Jason Schwartzman goes, well, yeah, you know, my mom is in it. <laughs> it's like Because <laughs> if you don't know, Jason Schwartzman's mom is Talia Shire from The Godfather. Oh, I did not uh, know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, then for a first time watch that I had this week, I watched The Green Mile for the first time Ooh. this weekend. And that movie is incredible. That movie is over three hours, but does not feel its length. Like that movie flies by. I think Michael Clark Duncan not winning an Oscar for that performance is insane. I know I haven't seen Michael Caine in the Cider House Rules, but... I don't think I need to. I think this performance is incredible. I think Tom Hanks is great. Uh, the scene where the execution goes wrong is so hard to watch, but also like you can't take your eyes off of it. It's incredible. Uh, just a fantastic movie all around. I'd been meaning to get to it for a while. And then I was like, hey, I have nothing going on and I have three hours. Let's watch The Green Mile. Yeah, um, I haven't seen the Sparks Brothers. Like I said, I, I, I want to. I want to see it, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, but I love the Green Mile. I've only seen it once, but I loved it when I saw it. I saw it um, right after I saw Shawshank for the first time. So I watched them pretty close back to back. And I think I still take Shawshank over this movie. But um, to me, it's like, I'm a, I'm a weirdo and I don't do half stars. So it's like Shawshank's a five green miles a four. They're very close. I can see green mile going up to a five on repeat viewings. Michael Clark Duncan is great. Tom Hanks is great. Uh, Boatman's boy, Sam Rockwell is really, really good in the movie. Um, it's just, it's, it's another really like just, it gets, I think for me, it gets a little weird with like the, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's like a, if somebody hasn't seen it, but there's like a whole, thing about michael clark duncan's character that kind of took me back the first time just because i didn't know what it, it was coming but then once you kind of accept that i think the movie works really well um i really like it uh so scully have you seen the green mile i have it's been it's it's been a while since i've seen it but 
Uh, I, I think it's it's fantastic. I agree that Michael Clark Duncan should have an Oscar for that film. Um, so it's unfortunate that he didn't win for that year. But yeah, all, all the performances are, are really good. The story, like Holtzman said, it just flies by. Like it, it, it feels like it feels like the shortest three-hour movie you will ever watch. And I think that's just a testament to how well it's made. Like not like not like normally when you have movies that are three hours long, you feel the length at some point. In Green Mile, you really never feel that length throughout the film. You just have a good time watching it. You're so transfixed by all the performances and what you're what you're watching that you forget that this is a long ass movie. So this movie is 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 fantastic. Um, I, I I really enjoy it. It's 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 probably due for a rewatch uh, for me. Nico, have you seen this? I have not, but Michael Clark Duncan is a phenomenal actor, so it's probably time I gave this movie a shot. Yeah, Boatman, what about you? Uh, I love this film. Uh, I Some people have called this better than Shawshank, and while I don't necessarily agree with that opinion, I can see how they got there, because it's an incredible movie. Uh, obviously, I like Sam Rockwell, but like to me, the, the highlights of this movie... Uh, is Michael Clark Duncan, who is just incredible, but Percy is just one of the most hateable characters in like all of movies. That guy is the absolute worst. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go next. Um, this is tough. I watched a lot of trivia stuff this week. Um, so. Oh. I'm trying to decide between two, and one is a nostalgia pick, and one is a, a new pick. Holtzman, should I go for nostalgia or new? Why not both? Bring them both up. All right, I'll bring them both up. The new one I watched was probably a lot of people watched was Luca. Um, I, I I actually came late to it. Not actually. I watched it yesterday. Um, I had plans to watch it on Friday when it dropped. Other stuff got in the way. Um, so I didn't get to watch it till yesterday. So I'd seen a lot of reviews, either uh, kind of middling or just like, yeah, it was good. I didn't see anything that was like, oh my god, it's amazing. I didn't see anything that was terrible. And I feel kind of the same way. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought the animation obviously is beautiful. I liked most of the characters. I really want to give it another sh- another watch because it seems like the type of movie that like you'll just grow with the characters a lot upon uh revisiting it um but i liked the concept of the movie and the story overall and um i read one review where someone was like there's no stakes and i was like yeah but also like i'm okay with it just being like a tiny sweet little story like i don't know i it it worked for me um i still think it's like middle to lower tier pixar but like, I think I ranked it at like 15 out of 24, whatever they have now. So like it's middle to low tier, but I still enjoyed it. Uh, the other one that I'll bring up, uh, and this is just purely all nostalgia, uh, been watching some random Disney live action movies and I watched freaky Friday. Uh, I don't give a shit when anyone says that movie slaps. That movie is awesome. I love the 2003 uh, Freaky Friday movie. I watched that a ton as a kid, and uh, I really enjoy it. Um, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is great. And then the uh, – is it I, – I, we talked about this the other night. Is it Mark Harmon, the Mark NCIS Harman. guy? Love him in the movie too. And I like the grandpa 
thinking that the world is uh, that there's earthquakes all the time. It's fucking hilarious. I, I like the movie a lot. Uh, it gets a little weird and creepy when you realize that like Chad Michael Murray is like a I don't know, like at least an 18-year-old, like hitting on a 15-year-old, and then he wants to like least. And then he likes wants to bone the mom and like it's that, that stuff gets a little weird, but overall, I really enjoy the movie. I think it's got a lot of uh, a lot of heart, uh, and I think it's a fun time. So uh Scully, I know you've seen Freaky Friday. Don't know if you watched Luca. Tell me about so it. So I'm stuck at like the 40-minute mark of Luca. I've tried a couple times to like watch it all the way through and like I'm I keep getting interrupted, but at some point this week, I will sit down and watch the rest of it. Of what I watched so far, I've re- I really enjoyed so far. It seems like one of those just simple, those just simple friendship movies that really don't need a lot of stakes, don't need a lot of stuff in it, uh, which I enjoy. It's nice to see Pixar kind of taking that kind of direction with it. Um, I, I think that every now and then, you know, Pixar dips into these simpler stories that. You know, don't blow you away. Don't really disappoint you. They're just there. They just exist, and they're they're just really good movies. Um, so from what I watched so far, I, I'm I, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, and then Freaky Friday, I I I really like this movie. Um, I re- I watched it I think a couple months ago. Um, it's it's not like high tier Disneyland action. It's more middle tier but it, it's still it's still a great movie Lindsay lohan is is just so good i think she especially in like those early mid-2000s just captures that rebellious teenager character so well um i just think this movie is kind of that little perfect time capsule of the early mid-2000s um just just that that that, that, that whole era is kind of perfectly encapsulated in this film I think Jamie Lee Curtis and Mark Harmon are both great. <laughs> the, the, the crazy grandpa who thinks there's earthquakes everywhere is hysterical. The music in this is also really, really good. It's what helps make this, like, I think, one of those quintessential teen movies of that era. The music really drives it home about, you know, like how 2000s this film is. Uh, the music's great. The acting's great. And it, it does get kind of oof when you see, uh, you know, what Jake does throughout the film. Um, but you know, I, I don't really care that much, but this this movie's awesome. Yeah. Uh Nico, Freaky Friday and Luca. So have not gotten to Luca yet. Uh my family wants to watch it with me together. Uh we're very Italian, if you haven't noticed by my last name. Uh, so really? it's like we're kind of excited. <laughs> we're we're excited to watch a Pits uh Pixar movie set in Italy. Um but um I'll keep you posted on that front. As for Freaky Friday, uh, I saw this movie in the theater, uh, and I do recall enjoying it, but I haven't rewatched it. Uh, I have this weird thing about I, I always get uncomfortable watching movies and TV episodes where characters swap brains with each other and have to live each other's lives. It's I don't know. It's a weird thing with me. Uh, but I like Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing in anything you you have or do. Um, and uh, Lindsay Lohan pre meltdown was also really good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, great movie. All right, Holtzman. Uh, yeah, I have not seen Luca yet. Uh, I like it's a movie that just like has not really gotten my interest yet. Like, I don't feel like I'm like I'm going to watch it at some point, but I'm not like in any sort of hurry to see it. Uh, 
Freaky Friday, uh, I quite enjoy. I think Jamie Lee Curtis is so good in that movie. She is doing so much, and it's incredible. Uh, I think Lindsay Lohan is good. Uh, I think the soundtrack is fantastic. Uh, it's not my favorite version of the Freaky Friday story uh, because you don't know what I'm going to say. Maybe I'm going to say 2020's Freaky. You don't know what I'm going to do. But also the, the Disney Channel, Channel movie that 2018 Decon is also quite enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> but no, I I like this movie. It's it's good. What's he gonna say? You can just say it now, Bo. The Disney Channel version. Is that I said that before oh. you could write it down. Well, I still. Yeah, All right, Bowman, Freaky. Uh, oh, and we lost Nico. Uh, Freaky Friday and Luca. Haven't seen Luca yet. I think Freaky Friday is so underappreciated. That movie's just legitimately funny, and the soundtrack slaps. I wanna go up, don't wanna grow up. Uh, hey, take me away. away. <laughs> Very fun. Uh, and I think Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan are both legitimately like super funny. And the I I wanna like I I feel like Lindsay Lohan like was just so funny. And I feel like if she if it there's potential for a resurgence of Lindsay Lohan because I think she was a legitimately talented comedic actress and I just want Jamie Lee Curtis back in things again because she's just an incredibly funny lady. Have you seen 2018's Halloween? Okay, but like in comedies. Have you seen Knives Out? (laughs) Sure, you're right, you're right. All right, uh, Boatman, we go to you now for your favorite. Uh, yeah, uh, my pick is an 80s uh, Paul Newman movie uh, called Absence of Malice. Uh, this is a kind of a journalism thriller s- centered around uh, a reporter who gets kind of an anonymous, not an anonymous, but uh, a tip from uh, a police investigator about the investigation of this one guy who actually seems pretty innocent, but she files a report and it kind of starts to ruin his life, the guy being played by Paul Newman. And the direction that it goes from there is so interesting and really well done that I I don't want to say anymore. Just check this movie out. It's Sally Field and Paul Newman, directed by Sidney Pollock. And... It's just a fantastic thriller. Everyone in this movie is incredible. Wilford Brimley shows up for one scene and he steals the movie. Fantastic. I have not seen this, but I sold on the pitch. Uh, Scully. Uh, Goldman literally was talking to me about this film either last night or, or, or the night before, uh, but I've quickly become a very big Paul Newman fan. I watched a few of his movies a couple months ago, both The Hustler and Cool and Luke. I loved his uh, performance in both of those films. Um, and of course, I love him in, in Road of Perdition because it's one of my favorite DC films because he is fantastic in, in that film. Um, but I'm definitely going to check this one out because when Bowman recommends me a movie, I watch it. And more often than not, I love it. So definitely going to check this one out. Nico Holtzman, have either of you seen this? No. Nope. Okay, we'll uh, move on to the next thing. Uh, we're moving on to our least favorite movie that we logged this week. Uh, now there's some options for me. Uh, Mr. Scully, we're going to start with you. 
your least favorite movie that you logged this week? It's really not a contest. Uh, Jarvis Fowl. Oh, oh, buddy. <laughs> Holy, shit. Oh. Holy shit, this movie's awful. So, if 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 if, if you didn't know before, this is the Armist Fowl is a collection of young adult novels that are like if an Irish writer wrote their own version of, of of the Wizarding World. Essentially, I think that's how the best to plainly describe it. Because you have you have dwarves, you have elves, you have all these magical people in this underground world. The movie's an hour and thirty five minutes long. How the hell do you think you're gonna get an, an adequate story in just ninety minutes? Yeah, that's problem number one. Problem number two was making Josh Gad sound like he's been on cigarettes for for, for thirty years and then doing the same <laughs> thing to ten minutes later. This movie is so bad; it's almost it, it, oh god. I was in pain the entire time I was watching this. Look, I I don't think Colin Farrell's terrible for like the ten minutes he's he's in the film. There's there's no real villain. The, the villain is like some hoodie person who pops in five minutes at the beginning, five minutes at the end, five, and five minutes in the middle. The movie just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Other than you know the visuals are kind of cool. You know that you have some cool time freezes going on. But you know, other than that, this movie is just a giant waste of time. You know, this is what another occurrence of Disney holding onto a property that they could have made a successful movie or TV series from, and instead they settle for a ninety-minute chunk of garbage that they ultimately sent to the streaming platform because they already know it's so bad. So this movie is awful, uh, the worst Disney live-action movie, and I am very confident in saying that. Um, Artemis Fowl. Couple things. Um, I have said publicly um, to multiple people there are a handful of movies that I'm okay losing a trivia match on. Uh, one of them was A Wrinkle in Time, and Scully knows this because it happened when we played each other. Yeah. Yeah. And another is Artemis Fowl now. Uh, if, if I am in a title match and the belt is in my grasp, and I get a question about Artemis Fowl and I miss it. I won't give a fuck because this movie is so bad. And it's not even just that the movie's terrible. Like Scully hinted at this that like there's some like there's good talent behind it and you have like some decent like stuff going on. Kenneth Branagh directed this movie. And it's like what? How is that humanly possible? You can't tell. Um I remember when this came out and to be fair they were going to release this thing in theaters um if covid hadn't happened we would have seen this in theaters memorial day weekend of 2020 it would have happened it still would have been a bomb it would have been a huge bomb nobody would have seen it it would have still gotten the terrible reviews but we would have seen it then but instead they realized "Ooh, this thing sucks and we're in the middle of a pandemic let's dump it on disney plus and see if we can bump those numbers uh it's awful. I remember watching it with Maggie and uh, being just utterly confused. And she fell asleep about 45 minutes into it and then woke up when it was I'm ending so and was just like so confused. And she's like, what happened? And I said, I don't know. I've been watching the movie the whole time. Couldn't tell you anything. I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's so awful. Um Please, dear God, unless you're a freak like me and Scully that you feel the need to have seen every fandom movie, fandom players, don't watch this movie. It's terrible. 
It's so bad. I I think I agree with you. I need to look at my list, but I think I agree with you on it being the worst Disney live action movie. I I would have to check if I have anything lower, but it's it's got to be the bottom of my list. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Um, Nico, did you watch this? Did you suffer through this? So here's the thing. Have I oh, seen God. it? No, no, I have not. Okay. But I realize I'm going to have to watch it at some point because even though you don't like it, you've still put it on the list of eligible movies for fandom fights. This is so true. if I want to do if I want to do well moving forward, I'm going to have to bite that bullet and I am not looking forward to it whatsoever. Holtzman, uh, I'm pretty sure you watched this. Yeah, uh, I kind of stake part of my reputation in fandom as being the Disney live action guy, and part of that means watching a lot of these bad movies. I do not think this is the worst Disney live action movie. I do think this is the second worst Disney live action. <laughs> What's the worst? The Shaggy Dog, 100%. Oh, uh, see, I, I ha- so I just looked. I have Shaggy Dog, Wrinkle in Time, Artemis Fowl. <laughs> all, all three of those, I believe, are in my bottom five. So, but no, uh, yeah, no, this movie is horrible. Uh, Judy Dent, Judy Dent should have her Oscar taken away. Uh, she's horrific in this movie. Uh, weirdly, I think like Josh Gad's voice is stupid, but I also think Josh Gad is like the only thing in this movie that like actually he actually knows what movie he's in and is just having some fun with it. Everyone else is trying way too hard. The third act of this movie makes no sense. I think like the house gets stuck in a time vortex or something. But I could be wrong about this. Like they start floating around. Like this movie makes no sense. And they have like elf police. And, and it's just it's just awful. If I'm remembering correctly, there's not even a plot. Like they literally like the well, dad his dad's get, missing. The and dad then, gets kidnapped. And then his dad's and not like, missing anymore. Oh, you need to find the thing. And then when there's five minutes left in the movie, they find the thing and it ends. If I'm remembering that correctly, that's like pretty much how it goes. It's, I, oh, I could probably read through the Wikipedia plot summary and forget everything I read by the time I'm done reading it. Uh, Boatman, did you watch this? I doubt it. No. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Nico, we're going to go over to you. Worst movie uh, or your least favorite movie along this week. Okay. So. There have been collaborations between movies and pro wrestling that have been really good. But pro wrestling versus pro wrestlers versus zombies is not one of those collaborations that was good. It ranges from laughably black, laughably bad. Wait, that's the name of the movie? Yes, pro wrestlers versus okay. zombies. Thank you I for was, asking that question, Tim, because I was wondering the exact. I was, I, I genuinely didn't know. Go ahead. Sorry. See, I saw him log it, and I wasn't even sure. Coincidentally, there was a match just a few months ago in the WWE that had zombies in it. Because of Batista's new movie, they were trying to co-promote it, but that's beside the point. Anyway, uh, pro wrestlers versus zombies. Stupid plot. Uh, it, it ranges from laughably bad to shitty bad, d- uh, depending on what parts of the movie you talk about. Um, the laughably bad. Kurt Angle has a zombie in an ankle lock, and then rips the leg off of the zombie and whacks him in the head with it. And also Matt Hardy just like whacking zombies left and right with a with a tray that's just randomly there um but then you get to like the 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 just plain bad stuff there's a lot of toxic masculinity uh even some toxic feminism in there like the like 
basically Shane Douglas murdered a guy because he, the guy slept with his girlfriend and then the brother of the guy he murdered, who by the way is, has a dubbed voice by an Irish guy for some reason that's never really explained, uh, uh, basically decides to eat the heart of a random nurse from a hospital and then become, and then channel the power of the undead and just unleashes a zombie army to, to murder Shane Douglas for murdering his brother. And uh, like it, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who you may remember from They Live, is in it. And for some reason, he's actually, oh, he's good in it, but it's a terrible movie. So it's like, good for you for being good in this horrible ass film. Uh, like, it, it, I, I, I basically just spoiled the plot so you wouldn't have to waste your time watching it. Uh, Nico, I'm on Letterboxd, on the logged it Letterboxd right now, uh, looking at this movie. Uh, 262 people have watched this movie on Letterboxd, and you are one of them. Uh, so I can at least say congrats to you for being part of that. This, this looks awful. This sounds terrible. I have zero interest. I hate wrestling. Uh, I hate most zombie things because zombies are dumb. Um, unless they're cool zombies. Um, but these look like dumb zombies. Uh, the only wrestling the makeup thing, is terrible. Yeah. The only wrestling thing I liked was fighting with my family. That was a good movie, but, uh, otherwise I'm not, not a fan so this does not seem for me, and it seems like it wasn't even good enough for Sir Rigoli. Uh, has anyone else seen this? I didn't even. I wish we lived in five minutes ago, where I wasn't aware of this. Here's movie. the thing: I set the bar low with Artemis Fowl, and true. yet here comes Nico Limbo dancing with the devil. That's how low <laughs> the bar is now. That's funny. so good for you, Nico. You found a movie that may be worse than Artemis Fowl. All right. Well, uh, Holtzman, your least favorite movie you logged this week. Uh, I'm going to go back just ever so slightly more than a week so that I can talk about uh, my double feature I did last weekend, <laughs> where in preparation for uh, a certain match that has not yet come out, I was watching through some DC movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and okay. I think I what better way to spend this. my Sunday <laughs> than my double featuring Catwoman and Supergirl. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, that, yeah. I could have helped you because I'm insane. Yeah. Um, I'll start by talking about Supergirl because it's, I think, slightly better. Probably only just because I watched it after Catwoman and my expectations were on the floor. Um, I think they're both horrific, but uh, Supergirl. I don't even like. I I couldn't. There's an Omega Hedron. And there's there's a witch, and she curses a man to fall in love with her, but then he actually falls in love with Supergirl, and then she she gets her name from looking at a poster in the office of General Charles Lee, um, and it's just all this so stupid and bad. But then Catwoman is just horrific. It's one of the worst edited movies I've ever seen. It's everything has like a weird greenish tint on it. Uh, the costume design is horrific and looks terrible. Um, Halle Berry is atrocious in it. Francis Conroy is atrocious in it. Uh, the basketball scene is, I used to think it was laughably bad, but watching it in context, I couldn't even laugh. I just felt sad and wanted it to be over. Um, it's, and then the, the the evil villain's plot is e evil moisturizer because of course it is 
Yep. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Pitoff, why? Uh, Pitoff. <laughs> um, yeah, um, no, I uh, had a had a rough Sunday there. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the first episode of Logged It. I, I used Supergirl as my least favorite. It was either the first or second episode. Uh, to me, Supergirl is the worst DC movie. It might be one of the worst fandom movies in general. Um, and I will watch Catwoman over Supergirl any day of the week because it is 20 minutes shorter. Uh, simply, simply because of that. Um, and also, both of these movies do a thing that I hate. And it's like, you, there's like a boardroom of like men in suits sitting around the table and they're like, all right, we're going to make a Catwoman movie. Oh, we can't get Michelle Pfeiffer back? Okay. Uh, well, uh, what, how about we, we cast Halle Berry? Oh, okay. Oh, you don't want her to be Selena Kyle? Hmm. Let's, let's, uh, patience Phillips. Hmm. And they do the same thing with Supergirl. They do the same thing. Um, she's Kara, but for some reason she can't call herself Kara on earth. Cause that would be stupid because you know, hey, like Tim, Tim, it would be a dead giveaway for reasons. Oh yeah, so she goes with. Yeah, oh, I don't know. know Linda movie. Lee, and then her her roommate is is also an LL. I can't remember her name. It's uh, Anna Lane. Linda. Like, no, it's something Lane. Yeah, I don't. She's Linda Lee, and then her roommate is like. I'm gonna look this up, but yeah, they're like yeah, both LL. The movie, the movie is nothing but L's. Lucy. It's Lucy Lane and Lucy Linda Lane, and they are roommates. The nothing but L's. It also her. She's blonde, but then she when she's but Linda, she's she wears a she she's a brunette. Um, my, and I said this a couple of weeks ago when I talked about the movie, but it, it's worth repeating. The whole plot of the movie is that the Omega Hedron has uh, fallen to Earth. And she needs to go get it, or else her world and her people will suffer and die. And Argo City. And she gets to Earth, and instead of finding the Omega Hedron to save her people, she goes to school. Um, Doesn't she die and come back to life? It's it's with a boy. Uh, Peter O'Toole is there spouting off nonsense. Uh, yeah, the movie's awful. Uh, and Catwoman yeah, is also I, awful. Your O'Toole, Faye Dunaway, and Mia Farrow are in this movie. That is yeah. Well. Uh, so Scully, I know, I think you were there when I talked about this, and you 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 shared thoughts. But what about Catwoman? Look, I can at least, you know, ironically look at Catwoman as laughably bad at times. Like the ball is so laughably awful. Um, it's and. You, you to take that with Halle Berry just acting so crazy and after elements, it's almost almost funny at times. Supergirl's just bad. It's like like you know ninety ninety five minutes of this bland, boring nonsense. You know, you know, uh, fucking fade on away, and uh, enhance and enchants like a piece of a construction equipment to go bring you know the the guy back to her. Uh, you know, so there's a rogue, there's like a rogue bulldozer going through the town, you know, just normal Midwestern shit like that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, look, I think Helen is better. I think Supergirl is just, it's just so bad. It's just so bad. At least I can have, 
a little sliver of fun with Catwoman, watching Halle Berry make an absolute fool of herself. Uh, Nico, have you seen either of these? So I've seen both of these movies once each. And um, I remember watching Supergirl. The moment she goes behind that tree and just suddenly changes into that school uniform with, with, with like, oh, you have clothes changing powers? Like that was the moment where I was like, okay, 1.5 speed. Um, it's still nice outside. I'm not wasting uh, more time than I have to to watch this movie. So yeah, I just watched it on slightly fast forward because uh, like I, I did not want to waste yeah. any more of my time that I had to. And that's the only fandom movie so far where I've had to do that. Uh, that's saying something. Uh, Catwoman, I have a weird respect for it because you know how with the story, The Emperor's New Clothes, like the emperor eventually realizes he's naked, but he keeps acting like he's wearing the finest robes and he makes everyone else act that same way too. Uh, so they don't look foolish. I feel like Catwoman kind of does that. Like it realizes it has no clothes on and it's really funny looking, but it still acts as if it's wearing the finest thing in the dress store. Uh, and uh, for that reason, I kind of have to re respect it. Like it, it knows it's bad, but it's acting like it's the best thing since sliced bread. And uh, it, it's a weird respect thing. Okay. Uh, Holtzman. The, well, these were my movies. Oh, yeah. Duh. Boatman. <laughs> uh, yeah. Supergirl. I have still avoided watching Catwoman. Supergirl, I subjected myself to. Did not have a good time. Uh, the, the thing that frustrated me was that you have Peter O'Toole who is just one of the great classic actors. Mia Farrow, who has given plenty of great performances. And Faye Dunaway, Oscar-winning actress who is just absolutely incredible. Like, watch Network. Watch Chinatown. She's great. And then they do nothing with them. Nothing. They're, they're all awful. They're bad. Why? I don't like it. You sound like Jerry Seinfeld. Why? 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 You've got Supergirl and you've got the movies. In all right. Uh, yeah, they're both awful. He uh, talks is not a good fella. He is a bad fella. He is a bad fella. That's <laughs> accurate. Um, okay, we'll move over to me. Uh, worst thing. I. This is tough. I could piss some people off where I could have a little fun. Um, I, I thought I, I thought I, you know what? I will do both. Thank you, Nico. Um, first off, um, I will say I pushed to get horror icons into fandom. Uh, it was something that I really thought uh, and still believe it should be there. That being said, I hate the first Friday the thir 13th movie. Like, I genuinely do. I think there are a lot of fun sequels in Friday the 13th. Um, I think uh, part six, especially Jason Lives, uh, fucking slaps. Uh, but I uh, hate the first one so much. It's boring. It's really boring. Nothing happens. Um, the kills aren't that great. Um, people like it for the ending, but I'm sorry, that's 10 minutes out of a 95 minute movie. And so I don't think it's like the worst movie in horror icons by any means. Uh, but I just don't enjoy watching it. I find myself wanting to get to like, 
uh, four and six and seven. And I just, I, I don't care about this first one. Uh, the other one that I'll talk about is the one that's going to be a little bit more mean. Uh, Airbud is stupid. So let me tell you something. I get it. It's a doggo. I love a good doggo and that they shoot bat. You can't, no, he plays basketball for five minutes at the end. That's it. The rest of the movie is this kid running around crying, being all sad. And then he joins the basketball. He's get, oh, he gets picked on, but he finds the dog and there's some fucking clown. And then the clown is all just like, give me back my dog. And it's, it's so stupid. I'm sorry, Holtzman. It's not an atrocity. It is not an atrocity, but it's bad. It is not good. Um, I, couldn't tell you anything about any of the sequels. I know one of them had a chimp and that got a spinoff, but th- this, this movie that's in fandom is not, is not good. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll go to Scully first, uh, Friday the 13th and Airbud. Yeah. So yeah, you think everyone knows here, I'm not a big horror guy. So when I, you know, binged all of these, I have weird takes of all of them. I actually think the first Friday the 13th, that's my favorite of all of them. It's only because it's it's a very simple story. I like the slow horror. I I, I like the I like the slow pace of it a lot. Um, I don't like the sequels as much. You know how they how crazy and dumb they get. I just am not a fan of how 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 weird it gets. But I I do I, I do like the first film. I like the mystery of you know who the killer is and building up to it. And I think all the kills are also pretty neat. Not as you know creative and inventive as some of the sequels um but it's good i i like it i think it's one of the only horror icons films that i actually semi enjoy um and then you know airbud airbud's just kind of boring you know i i i don't think it's bad i don't think it's good i think it's just there it's a boring movie it, it, the, the 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 kid is also really really annoying um it's true michael uh, I it, it, it's 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 boring. It's it's a it's a classic two and a half star film uh, for me. Just nothing really good or bad happens. It just exists. So, Nico. Uh, so I'm, I'm I can't exactly remember what I logged uh, Friday the Thirteenth for my letterbox. I, I can't remember what rating I gave it, but I'm kind of with you on that. The the everything up until the reveal of it was the mom at the end. It's kind of forgettable. Um, you gave it a three. As, okay. So I guess I was meh on it. Like maybe if I watch it again, I'll have a different opinion. Air, Bud kind of falls into that same category where Aristocats was where like, I enjoyed it as a kid, but I've been avoiding rewatching it as an adult because I'm afraid of having the rose tinted glasses ripped off of my face. So, but you know, eventually that bandaid will have to come off. So I'm, I maybe I'll find it meh like Scully the next time I watch it, or maybe I'll be on the same page as you and be like, wow, this is actually kind of stupid. I I don't know. also add I will also add that I, I think in Friday, for Friday the 13th, the characters, the campers are much more likable than a lot of the sequels. Uh, I think a big thing with that. films, if you have likable characters, I'm going to like the movie. But if you have awful people, I'm going to be rooting for, for, for Jason or Freddy. If you want the most likable person in that entire series, just wait until you meet Shelly in part three. Oh, fucking kill <laughs> me. Uh, <laughs> I would have brought that one up if we had gotten, if I had watched it this week. Uh, Holtzman, you can yell at me now about Airbud. 
Okay, I'll start with Friday the 13th. Uh, I hate this movie. I hate all of these movies. Uh, horror ain't my thing. Uh, slashers, I think, are like one of those genres that I just really don't care about because it's like, ah, yes, a guy with a knife and he's going <laughs> to stab a bunch of people. And like the first Friday the 13th, like, I think it's just boring. I think the Kevin Bacon kill is really cool and really well done. But yeah. other than that, I really don't care for this. I also think that like the very final moment of it where she's out in the lake and it's like, ah, oh, Jason drags her into the water. And then it's like, oh, that's a dream. And then they made 10 more movies based on that dream and keep doing that is just the worst. I hate this franchise. Uh, it's not the worst Friday the 13th film by any means. No. Uh, because a little film called Jason Goes to Hell exists. That is the worst one by far. I agree. And most of the other Friday the 13ths also exist. Uh, but as for Airbud, like I'll admit that it's a movie that I'm just very nostalgic for. Like it's a movie I loved as a kid. Haven't seen it since I was twelve. Uh, so it's been a minute. Kind of on the same spectrum as Nico, where I don't want to rewatch it and lose that love for it. But it's it's just fun and like ridiculous and dumb. Norm Snively is a disgusting clown man uh, who deserves to rot in prison for everything that he did to to Buddy. Uh, uh, Josh Fram uh, is a classic uh, character from my childhood. Uh, I'm not looking any of these up. These are all from my own memory because I'm weirdly obsessed with this. Uh, Ain't No Rule says the dog can't play basketball. It's such a good line. Oh, I my just Lord. love that moment because it's so stupid where they're like, where it's like, hey, can we put the dog in? They're like, well, nothing said you can't put the dog in. So, yeah. Go for it. Like, it's just <laughs> And, like, I love if you really think about it, like, because Josh wasn't on the team. Like, there wasn't a spot for him on the team. He was just the team's equipment manager. Correct. And then he got the dog, which means that two kids who were on the team lost their spots on the basketball team for this kid <laughs> and his dog. <laughs> two kids got cut. <laughs> For this kid and his dog, and when you think about it that way, it's how do you not love this movie? Boatman. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen Friday the Thirteenth. Airbud just exists in this weird place in my mind. The original Airbud, because I didn't even think of it as an actual movie. I just think of it as like a meme. Like I've seen that movie. But I still don't believe that movie really exists. I think it's just kind of like, oh, the dog, there's nothing in the rule book that says the dog can't play basketball. Cool, basketball dog. Uh, the, the real true treasure trove is when you get into the sequels and the spinoffs. Then you get the Air Buddies, which is a movie I was obsessed with as a child. Uh, the characters of Rosebud, B-Dog, Mud bud and butterball. No, I did not look that up. That is all for memory. Well, without looking it up, I can name you every film in the Air Bud franchise. Don't <laughs> uh, the best best of that franchise is uh Space Buddies. Snow Buddies also acceptable answer. <sighs> 
Dylan Sprouse plays a husky. Named Shasta. Next question. <laughs> Bowman, before I kick you off the show, what's your least favorite movie along this week? I didn't actually watch a lot of bad movies this week. It was a pretty good week. Um, probably the worst one I watched this week uh, was Mars Attacks, which I didn't technically watch this week, but I logged it this week. So, boom, loophole. Uh, I watched it like last Sunday. Um, it's just a weird movie. I wouldn't even really call it a bad movie, but it I wouldn't call it a good movie either. It's kind of just Tim Burton saying, hey, I hate everyone, and we're all going to die. And that's life, but also this is also still a movie, so we have to have a third act save. But it's, it's Tim Burton's angriest movie, which makes it interesting at the very least. But I'm just it, – it's just a little too weird. Uh, it, it doesn't – like – there aren't really characters that you get attached to because a lot of them die early on. Uh, and the cast is kind of wasted, but it still has some funny moments. It's honestly just a confusing movie. It's really, it's it's confusing. That's fair. Uh, I haven't seen it. Um, I've wanted to, but now I'm a little frightened. Uh, Scully, have you seen it? Uh, no, I haven't. I know Jack Nicholson is the president, I think. He is the president, and for some reason, he also plays a casino manager. The two characters are not the only reason I know that he's in this movie. The only reason I know he's in this movie is the showdown app, uh, where that is a real question that you get as a five pointer, I think. Uh, so, yeah, this movie just sounds bad. I don't think I'll, I'll ever watch it, but cool. Nico? I've seen memes of it. And gifts. That's Ultimate. my answer. <laughs> uh, I have not gotten around to this one yet. Uh, Tim Burton is a director that, for the most part, I like more than other people do because a lot of people hate Tim Burton. Uh, I think he's got a lot of actually quite good movies. Uh, this is just one that I have not seen yet, but I believe it's been in my watch list on Letterboxd for forever. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's move on. What movie did we add to our watch list uh, that we're most excited about? So um, some stuff that uh, we heard about this week that we now want to see. Um, Mr. Scully, you got any picks for this? Yeah, I got one. I saw the uh, the new trailer for Snake Eyes drops, I believe, yesterday. I'm actually really excited for that film because the two G.I.J. movies that came out like 10 years ago, they're bad. They're bad. But I do have fun with Rise of Cobra a bit. I think Snake Eyes is Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are the two best characters in that film. Their rivalry is really the only part of the film that I actually really care about. Um, so I'm really excited to see that origin story and see if that can kind of roll into a new kind of G.I. Joe film series. I think there's a lot of potential for a G.I. Joe series. Um, you know, today I think I think one that is very carefully planned out over a set number of years can really really work um it's smart to start out with snake eyes because he is one of the most popular gi joe characters um yeah i, I love the character snake eyes i think henry golding is a home run pick to, to, to play him I, I i really like him as an actor um so i'm really excited to see the snake eyes movie and to see 
uh, just what kind of movie that is going to be. Because I'm still I'm still kind of curious as to what direction they're going to go with it. Hey, Boatman, is uh is Snake Eyes a GI Joe movie? Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this. Henry Golding slaps. Uh, I really like him in uh, everything I've seen him in, which is very little, but what I have seen him in, I've, I've enjoyed. I thought he was uh, great in uh, Crazy Rich Asians. And then he was in that terrible uh, Last Christmas with Amelia Clark, uh, but he was good in the movie, so uh, I, I give him props. Um, you, I think you just said, did you say you liked Rise of Cobra? That was I, the one I, you, you I, had fun I with? I don't like Rise of Cobra. I have fun with Rise of Cobra. Okay, no, I'm okay with you having fun with Rise of Cobra. I couldn't remember if you said that or Retaliation. Retaliation that second G.I. Joe, that second G.I. Joe movie, I, I'm a big proponent of 3D. I love 3D. I like going to the movie and seeing 3D. I remember going to see G.I. Joe Retaliation in 3D, and it was the most nauseating thing in my of my entire life. I wanted to break the glasses in half and just walk out. But that was back when I reviewed movies all the time. And I felt like I had this like duty, uh, but uh, yeah, no, not a fan of those movies. I haven't seen the first one though, since it was in theaters, So couldn't even tell you anything about it, but I remember Tatum was in it. That's about it, but I'm looking forward to this one. Anybody else looking forward to this? Is Snake the bad guy? I have no, no idea. Couldn't tell. No, Snake Eyes is the good guy. Storm Shadow is the bad guy. Storm Snake Shadow is the bad guy version of Snake Eyes. Bad guys are called Cobra, right? Yes. So yeah. why? So why have your good guy be named Snake Eyes if the bad guys are going to be Cobra? That's I'm actually with Bowman on the this movie one. We'll find out. I feel like that that's a misleading name in Snake Eyes. Whoever show. plays Bowman in his next Warzone match, just pick the GI Joe movies somehow in your strength to make him unhappy. <laughs> Um, toys were stupid, Nazario. He-Man, G.I. Joe, Thunder Max. Okay, I muted him. Uh, Nico, what is your pick for this? So it was originally going to be Wish Dragon because it's a movie about a dragon and it's me, so go figure there. But I decided to change my pick somewhere around the beginning of this broadcast when I saw Chris Diaz type in the chat that Batman The Long Halloween Part 1 just came out today on digital. And uh, DC animated movies that uh, go straight to digital and DVD, they have a they have a pretty strong track record of being high-quality uh, products. Uh, so, it, like, I, I, I loved... Um, the uh, I, I I watch it, all the animated movies uh, like as soon as they come out uh, and um, yeah I'm excited to uh, to check it out like I, I know this one has Calendar Man uh, the, the, basically the plot is Calendar Man like he commits all his crimes on holidays um, and you know th this is part one of a two part thing but the next part is supposed to come out late July August um, it comes out. Uh, really because wikipedia said july for some reason i think uh, it's oh, digital well. july physical august okay well i always go digital um well, but uh, yeah the physical uh, I, I did i'm actually probably gonna buy this on itunes as soon as we're done here and watch it uh nico actually took my pick this was my pick as well i bought this on blu-ray today it came out on blu-ray today and i uh i i bought it um at best buy i'm very excited to watch it um like Nico, 
I watch all the DC animated movies, uh, and like Kelly, I hope it's pretty good. Um, I'm very excited to watch it. Um, I, I didn't hate Hush, um, but the last there's there's been a couple recently that haven't been. I didn't love Soul of the Dragon. I liked the idea of it more than I liked it. Um, but it was I, fun. Yeah, it was it was, fun. it was fun enough. The one that I've actually liked the most recently was the Deathstroke one. Um, I thought was 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 pretty good. Um, so I'm excited to watch this one. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Does anybody else care about these DC animated movies? Yeah, I I I, I need to watch a lot of these, uh, like especially the Batman animated one because I've seen like I I've seen um uh the Killing Joke. I watched that a couple of years ago and I enjoyed that one. Um, and I've seen you know like I, I love Mask of the Phantasm, so I need to get more into these. Um, DC animated films because I do think I would like a, a lot of them. Um, so I think eventually I will check this one out. Okay, uh, Holtzman, your pick. Uh, for for the question, yes. Uh, yeah. So I very rarely will add things to my watch list. Uh, so we're talking about one of the two movies that I added this week, uh, which is. Uh, an upcoming film. They just released another trailer for it this morning, uh, and that's 2021's Annette with Marion Cotillard and Adam Driver. Oh. Uh, this movie, and Boatman knows exactly why uh, I am very excited for this movie. Uh, this movie is written by uh, two guys named Ron Mayle and Russell Mayle, uh, who are also known as Sparks, a.k.a. the Sparks Brothers. Um, <laughs> but no, they, uh, they wrote this movie... Uh, a while ago, and then they found a French director named Leo Carrix to pick it up. Uh, and basically, it's Adam Driver is playing this like stand-up comedian, and his wife, played by Marion Cotillard, is like a world-famous like opera singer. And then the two of them have a child who was born with like special abilities. Basically, uh, there's not a ton about this movie that's like super known. It looks really fantastic. It's premiering at Cannes soon and then it comes out in August uh, on Prime. Uh, I'm very excited to see it. It looks really, really interesting. Uh, the main theme has been released, which is performed by Sparks with Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard and it sounds fantastic. Uh, just like from the trailers, this movie looks absolutely insane and incredible and Sparks is attached, so yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. I haven't, I hadn't heard anything about this. I love Adam Driver, so I'm gonna watch anything he's in. So I'll definitely watch this. Anyone else? Yeah, I watched the trailer for this this morning. Uh, I had no idea. I really didn't know what the fuck I was watching. It feels like the most cans film ever. Like just super weird, super obscure, a lot of loose ends. Uh, but. Uh, I really in it. Marion Cotillard looks really good. I might check it out. It's uh, it seems kind of like a mindfuck. And it also features the Big Bang Theory Simon Helberg. Oh, I'm, I'm in. in. <laughs> I'm I in. Say, that'll get it. Tim wasn't in before. No, now. get me. <laughs> uh, Boatman, you got a pick? Uh, oh yeah, my pick uh is a film from 1980. Uh, called Brubaker, starring Robert Redford, uh, directed by Stuart Rosenberg, uh, probably best known for the film Cool Hand Luke, uh, at, which is why I found out about it. And the premise just intrigues me. Uh, it's about a, a new warden that goes undercover 
uh, as uh, an inmate in a prison to, and then like works to expose the corruption that he sees as an inmate. So I think that's just a really neat premise. I like Robert Redford and Stuart Rosenberg has proven he can do a good prison movie. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm into that. Anybody else seen this? I saw that he added it. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, that's going to do it for this uh, first part of the show. Uh, Thanks for sticking along. Like I said, at the beginning of the show, guys, uh, when we're all wrapping up here, we got an announcement to make, so don't go away um, because we will talk about that at the end. So uh, now we are going to move on to our main topic, movies about families. Uh, so each of us are going to bring up two movies to add to our letterbox list. If you haven't gone over to Letterboxd and followed the Multiplex Logged It page, go ahead and do that. Um, and you can find the list and all the movies that we've talked about tonight are added on that page. So uh, you can look there. So we're going to start with Thomas Scully. Uh, Thomas Scully, what is your first pick for movies about families? Uh, for look, I, I think if if you know me, you know there's there's there are a couple of family films that I just love. I, I've I've loved this one quite a bit. Uh, one of my favorite family films ever. It's 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 sweet, very endearing, and incredibly funny. It's cheaper by the dozen. Boom. Oh, Bowman. No, no. First one is better, Holtzman. First one is better. Um, yeah, I, I've t- I've talked about this before. Steve Martin and 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 Bonnie Hunt, you know, have. 12 kids and what's great is that each kid has kind of their own outlying personality you know you you have a few that are you have one that's like you you have one that is essentially Caleb Bowman uh you have you have the big, you you have uh the older teenage jock you have the teenage diva played by played by Hillary Duff the the jock is played by Tom Welling of Smallville um and you know somebody you, you, say sorry I heard Smallville song. <laughs> you just go down, like like as you as you get younger through all the kids, their personalities, they're 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 so different. That's what makes them so great. Like each kid kind of has one quintessential moment in the film where they just show who they are. Um, and essentially, the premise is, you know, Steve Martin's character. He's a football coach. He takes his dream job, which which moves his family from the middle of Illinois to Evanston, Illinois, near Chicago. So it's, it's it's essentially him taking a job at like Northwestern. Um, so and then you know from from there, uh, Bonnie character, um, uh, Kate is now a best-selling author. Books take off. So now you know Steve Martin's character has to be home and take care of the kids, really for the for, for the first time in, in, in his life. So uh, there's there's a lot of really funny moments, but at its core, it's it's a very touching family film. Because you see it from multiple perspectives, you see it from the kids' perspectives on their on their first day of school, trying to fit into this more urban lifestyle. Some of them get bullied, some of them get picked on. Um, but then there's a scene where they all gang up on on the bullies and kind of push back on them. You see the struggles that that the two older kids have. You know, they're in high school, they're getting picked on. You know, for the for for their differences. Um, you know, being from a a, a rural community beforehand. Um, and then you see it from you know Steve Martin and Bonnie Hunt's perspective. You know their careers are taking off, but again, their 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 first job is, as they'll say in the film is taking care of their 12, of their twelve kids at home. So, and then the, you know the climax of, of of the film you know kind of comes and goes. I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but but one of the kids uh, does something, 
And, you know, that forces the family to kind of come together as one. And it really reminds all of them that the most important thing for all of them is to look after each other. When you're such a big family, your most important thing are your brothers and your sisters and your mom and your dad. So I have loved this film ever, ever since I first watched it as a kid. Um, it's one of those great, just pure family films. There's a lot of comedy, a lot of great heart to it, um, and a great cast too. Like a, a, a lot of these younger actors you see also pop up in the mid and late 2000s as well. Um, so if you haven't seen it, please check it out. It's on Disney+. Plus. Um, but it's just one of those pure family films that I think everyone will enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I give you guys a lot of shit because you talk about it all the time, but I like this movie a lot. I saw it when it came out. I had a great time with it. I haven't seen it in probably 15 years since it came out. Um, I watched it on DVD a lot right when it came out, and then I haven't seen it since. Um, I watched this one and the Yours, Mine, and Ours remake a lot. Uh, Those those were two that I watched often. Um, But yeah, no, I... uh, yeah, I, I dug it as a kid. I'm sure I would laugh at it still now. Um, yeah, good pick. Ashton uh, in this movie, and he's a douche. So Yes, I remember the dog biting his, his wiener. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Nico. Nico, have you seen this? I have, but much like you, it's been at least a decade since I last saw it. So and you'd, you'd think the amount of times I've been on Two Extrivia Night with Scully and he's picked that movie, I would have watched it by now just so I could be slightly prepared for a question about it. Um, so maybe it's time I added this to the watch list too and give it another look. Uh, Boatman. Uh, I, it's no secret I love Cheaper by the Dozen. Uh, this movie uh, is actually really special to me because... Uh, uh, this was one of like the first movies I could like quote, and I just like I was like three or four, and I would just be like clean clean up on a well, and I I just love this movie. I love the characters in this movie. Uh, it's no secret uh, I relate heavily to FedEx, but I think all the characters are great. I love uh, I love Sarah and uh, Lorraine and Hank Ashton Kutcher as Hank is such a douchebag. Uh, Kate, uh, are these orange uh, oranges freshly squeezed? Because uh, Kate and I, Lorraine and I, are on a bit of an organic diet, and this tastes a bit like Tropicana. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a douchebag, and I love it. And I just love Steve Martin and everything. It's fair, Holtzman. Uh, yeah, I also really enjoy this movie. I uh, rewatched this. I rewatched this last summer, I believe, because Boatman used this as a deep cut movie in one of his title matches last year. That's why I watched it because of the writers. Uh, we knew Kirk didn't want to watch it, so uh, I I was the one who was like most likely to watch it to be able to write questions about it. Um, uh, I enjoy this movie. Uh, I think this movie would be improved if you added about a hundred percent more Eugene Levy personally. Uh, I do really like the sequel. I'll admit this one's objectively the better one, but UG Levy is perfection. Uh, I think this movie's a lot of fun. I think the family dynamic is fantastic. Uh, just the opening scene where they're explaining how they came about having so many kids, where it's like, well, yeah, we wanted to stop at like seven or eight, and then we ended up having twins, and then twins again, and then we got drunk and had twins again. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Like, like the opening of the movie fully admits that some of their kids were not had on purpose, which I think is really fun. Uh, 
but just it's a really enjoyable movie. Uh, it's yeah, it's a good family film. All right, um, I'll go next. Um, my pick is a more recent movie, but one that um, I've really, really come to love. Uh, that is, uh, I believe, it's 2018's Instant Family. Um, I think this movie slaps. If you haven't seen it, it's fairly new. It's a few years old now, but um, it's a lot, a lot of fun. It's about uh, uh, Marky Mark, Mark Markinson, um, and Rose Byrne, who is just perfect in every single way. Uh, they're married, and uh, they are looking to adopt, and they end up taking uh, home and fostering three uh, kids, um, one of which is like the older teenager who's a little like sassy and then um, a couple younger ones. Uh, so I, I love the movie. Um, we saw it because again, I see everything, but it was one of those that we were like, Oh, it's a Mark Wahlberg comedy. It's, it's the director from daddy's home. Like this probably isn't going to be anything like super great. And it's, really really great it's heartwarming it's got really good comedy octavia spencer and um is it tig notero is that her name yeah uh they play like the people who lead the like sessions to like teach you about fostering and stuff and they're really great in the movie um there it's there's just a lot of really really good stuff in here um i think it's got a lot of good lessons um and the comedy really is just like i said absolutely great um this is one that again if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it um this is where i think mark Wahlberg actually like really shines because like he's really good at being like dad when he doesn't know how to be dad and is trying to be dad like that's the type of comedy like i think he can pull off better than like something like daddy's home where he's just being mark Wahlberg as a dad you know what i mean like he's he's actually putting in a lot of work into this one so i really like this movie i've seen it a few times now since it's been out and highly recommend uh scully have you seen this i haven't um it, this one kind of flew under, under the radar i kind of forgot it existed until you just brought it up now um but the way you described it it sounds it sounds great i i think the fact that you know it has some good lessons in there about you know parenting and about you know being in that kind of situation is nice um because you know because it did not like the daddy's home films a lot and the first one's good ish second one i'm not a you know a fan of um so mark Wahlberg in that kind of role Kind of turns me off a little bit, uh, but I'll give. It, I'll, I'll give it. We can't hear you at all, Scully. You can't. Oh, your microphone just. Yeah, just you died. you like covered up your microphone. I'll. Oh, no, you're good you now. now. We can hear. Yep, we can hear you now. Okay. Well, as uh, I'll just repeat most of what I said. Uh, I'll give a a, a a view now that you've uh, praised it so much. I didn't like the, dad, the daddy's home films as much um, just because they, they just didn't work that well for me. Um, you know, so Mark Wahlberg in that kind of role is I'm skeptical of, um, but I'll check it out. All right. Uh, Nico, have you seen this? Um, I have not. And it's kind of for reasons we've already discussed. Mark Wahlberg ha is basically like he has a big buyer beware sticker on him and every project he signs up to do because you never really know if it's going to be something good or something ridiculous. And like it, 
you, your validation that this is something that's it's good makes me want to see it a little bit more. But then again, Marky Mark is still kind of like, eh, really? Do I want to? So I'll, I'll put it on the watch list, but it'll probably be a while before I get to it. Uh, Holtzman, have you seen this? Uh, I have not. This has actually been on my watch list for a while. I went to add this to my watch list and realized it was already there. Uh, I've heard really good things about it. I never got around to it. Uh, yeah, if you look at the director's previous filmography before this, nothing will lead you to believe this could be a good movie because he's the director of the two Daddy's Home films, Horrible Bosses 2, and That's My Boy with Andy Samberg and Adam Sandler. Uh but no, I've heard fantastic things. I definitely want to see this. It slipped by me in 2018. And then just like there's other movies that have ended up taking precedence because when you live in a world where you do movie trivia, you rarely have time to watch movies for your own pleasure. It's fair. Bowman, have you seen this? No. Wow. Oh, I'm the only one. Uh, no, genuinely uh, take the time. It's a little under two hours, I think. Very much worth it. Um, okay, we will move over to Nico. What is uh, your first pick, Nico? Okay, I'm going to actually try and go with something outside of the world of fandom for my first pick here. We're going with Warrior. Counts. Um, Not uh, my uh, list. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 an MMA film that is surprisingly uh, uh, that has a really strong family story uh, to boot. Like, um, <laughs> How do I want to put this without spoiling things? Basically, the the, uh, the main family that this movie centers around has has been broken up. There's been a lot of uh, uh, trauma and trials and tribulation uh, in this family's past that has split them up and forced them to all go their separate ways. But a but a but an MMA tournament of all things brings this family back together and forces them to slowly resolve their issues with a lot of conflict in between, but it's basically like the sport of MMA itself is kind of like an, an allegory for these, this family is fighting through all their issues together uh, um, outside of the cage as well as inside of the cage. Uh, plus it's also set in Pittsburgh or at least parts of it are set in Pittsburgh. So I have a personal bias towards it. Um, but like, I'm trying to make sure uh, that I keep as little information I would, uh, yeah. as possible in my description because you it's one of those movies that you really need to see for yourself to enjoy it to its fullest extent. Yeah, this movie's awesome. I had heard a lot about it just from like um, I remember when it came out um, I think it was either Jeremy Johns or Stuckman one of those guys that I watched really praised it and then I didn't see it until like 2015. I found it on Blu-ray for like five bucks. I picked it up and Maggie and I watched it together. It's really good. Um, I've only seen it the one time, but I loved it when I watched it. I remember it being a little long, um, but overall I had a, I had a great time with it. It's, it's, uh, it's great. Yeah. Perfect. Great, great choice. Uh, Scully, have you seen this? Yeah, I have. Um, you know, after this, the, the kind of started after I watched Miracle for the first time. Miracle is one of my favorite sports films. Gavin O'Connor directed it, so I immediately went to his next film, Warrior, um, and was really just blown away. I don't like it as much as Miracle because I, I that movie has a special place in my heart, but I think all the performances are fantastic. Nick Nolte is just he's just unbelievable. He just breaks your heart. Uh, all the performances are great. That I, I I'm not normally, you know, intrigued by the idea of 
sports like MMA and UFC at like the cornerstone of a film. But this this film really does it for me because yeah, I think Gavin O'Connor he takes these he he takes he takes the concept of a sports film and gives it a little bit of extra emotional flair to it, turns it out on his head and creates something great. Um, I've still I have yet to see the way back, but I really really want to see uh, the way back because um, I think I'll, I'll I'll like that as well. But Warrior is uh, fantastic. I think that the the family, the family dynamic there made more than really inclusion on this list. Uh, yeah, and I will say I love the way back. Uh, I fucking love that movie. A lot of people thought it was just okay. I I don't know why I loved it so much. Love that movie. Definitely watch that. Uh, Holtzman Warrior. You might have had it on your list. Yeah, this is one of the ones that I was heavily considering bringing up. Uh, I love this movie, which I think is insane for me to love it because it's a sports movie, and everyone knows those aren't really my bag. Uh, but I watched this for the first time last year. I ended up watching it three times last year because I think this movie is just fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'll try to say as much as I can without giving away too much. I think uh, just like the different circumstances that the two main characters sort of come from and why they're both doing what they're doing, I think is really compelling. Uh, and then just the way it all sort of builds as time goes on up to that final fight. I think like every time I watch this movie, that final fight, the way it ends, just like has me in tears. Uh, just the the rep- repetition of the words "I love you" just breaks me down so much. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I think this might be my favorite performance from Tom Hardy. Honestly, I think he's like so raw and unhinged and like kind of gross in this movie. Like. He is just so disheveled for most of the film and is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I think Edgerton's great. I think Frank Grillo is great. Um, Grillo's really good. Yeah, Grillo's fantastic. But this movie, like, I cannot recommend this movie enough. It's in my top 100. Like, and when Nico brought it up, I went, yeah, you know what? I'm going to rewatch this. And I am currently downloading it onto my phone so I can watch it at work. (laughs) (laughs) This is your favorite Tom Hardy performance. Uh, Boatman. Uh, Yeah. uh, Despite this being a sports movie, this is a great sports movie. Uh, I, I love, I love movies that basically make you attach to two characters and then say one of these two has to fail. I think that's just really like well done. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, Tom Hardy is giving his best performance. I think he's fantastic in this movie. I think he should have been nominated. Nick Nolte is great. The whole cast is great. Echo everything everyone else has said. One more uh, thing. One more thing. Yeah. Two of my friends from high school are actually extras in the crowd for the fights uh, that are happening in the movie. Oh, that's cool. So it, it's that's also really cool right there. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Boatman, what's your first pick? Uh, my first pick is uh, I'm going to go. I, I got two obvious ones circling around. I'm going to pick start with the first obvious one. I'm going with the Wes Anderson movie. Okay. A movie that is in my top 10 of all time. Already typing it out. Little film called The Royal Tenenbaums. Not what I thought you were going to pick first. <laughs> Maybe save that so I get three picks. 
I, the Royal Tenenbaums is just an incredible movie. This cast is great. The visuals are beautiful. But I just love the story and these characters. Like, that's at the core of it. I think Gene Hackman is very funny in this movie. Uh, but also, like, he is kind of a terrible dad. And he is... But he has that emotional core where he is trying to reconnect with his kids. Uh, ben Stiller as Chaz is my favorite thing in this movie. I think this is Ben Stiller's best performance. He should have been nominated, if I'm being honest. Uh the way he is clearly not letting go of his wife's death and like how that has affected him and the way he treats his sons, uh, that lingers over the whole movie. The whole cast is great. Gwyneth Paltrow is giving her best performance here. Luke Wilson is great. Jelka Houston, Bill Murray. I just think this whole movie, this is, it captures the messiness of a family, right? That whole dynamic of so specifically like post we've all post empty nest families right where they're all everyone feels a little awkward having to see each other again because they don't seem like they really talk that much. Uh, and I think this this movie is just great. Uh, yeah, I am not a big fan of this one. Uh, I've only seen it once. Um, but it's low tier Wes Anderson for me. I know everybody else loves it. Um, it's just, this one is not my, not my cup of tea with Wes Anderson. I don't know why. Um, but just didn't gravitate towards it when I saw it, but I will probably watch it again before uh, French dispatch comes out. Cause I will probably do a full watch of all his movies. So we'll see if I re if I like it on rewatch, but yeah, for me, not so much. Uh, Scully. Yeah. Um, I'm, Kind of a weirdo with Wes Anderson because I'm not a fan of movies like Rushmore or The Rise Kingdom, but I do like Grand Budapest and I do really like this film. And I think this might be, yeah, I think I like this more than 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 Grand Budapest. But like what Bowman said, I like how it attacks the messiness of families, especially like the you know the post empty nesters, and I and I can relate to that a little bit in a way that it kind of relates to. You know, my family, especially when looking at at, at at my parents and their families, how both sides are really kind of a mess, how there's a lot of friction and a lot of tension between all the different family members. Um, I think yeah, I think all the performances are great. Grant Paltrow and Ben Stiller in particular are giving some... Yeah, I'd say I, I, I think I agree that, that these are the best performances that they've turned in so far. Um, at least from from what I've seen, um, but I, I I like I like that you know that abnormal family dynamic that that Wes Anderson kind of attacks here. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Um, one of the two Wes Anderson movies that I actually enjoy. Um, so yeah, Nico haven't seen it. Holtzman. Uh, yeah, I like this movie. Uh, it's not one of my favorite Andersons, but I still think it's uh, quite good. Uh, yeah, Ben Stiller is fantastic in this movie. Uh, Paltrow is fantastic. Luke Wilson is amazing in this movie. Uh, Gene Hackman is so good in this. In this, uh, I just think it's a lot of fun. I think Owen Wilson just shows up as his like small supporting character and kind of steals every scene that he's in to a degree. He's so, so good. General Custer died in the battle or whatever, but what this book suggests is maybe he didn't. 
but no, I, I think this is quite a good movie. Uh, Anderson is a director that I really like. Uh, deal with it, people who don't like him. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Holtzman, we move on to your first pick. Yeah. I'm going to see there's two. I assumed there were two that Boatman was going to pick, and neither of those was his first pick. And so now I'm debating if I need to pick one of them. Well, so there's one that I think Boatman's going to pick that I want to pick too. So we'll, we'll we'll see what you pick. We'll see, we'll, then you know what? I'll make a me pick here, and then we'll we'll come back to do the to see if I need to do the the Boatman pick later. Uh, I'm going to go with a very very recent movie uh, that actually came out earlier this year. I'm going to oh. go with the Mitchells versus the Machines. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, I watched this twice on the day that it came out. Uh, I watched it. Uh, I stayed up until it like dropped in my area and I watched it. And then that night uh, I ended up watching it again with my girlfriend. I think this movie's amazing. I think it's so fun. Uh, I think the family dynamic in it is great where you have like the out of touch dad and the daughter who like is ready to leave. And the dad sort of isn't ready to let go and is still like, no, like, this is my little girl. This is my kid. I'm not ready for her to grow up and be her own person yet. And the way that they then take that situation and go, hey, also, the robot apocalypse is happening. This is the least capable family ever. And they're the only family still left to save all of us. Uh, just the way it sets it up, I think, is really fun. Uh, I love just the dynamic between all of them, uh, where it's like, when she leaves, she's like, I'll still call uh, to her little brother. She's like, I'll still call you on the phone once a week so we can talk about dinosaurs uh, and just all this other stuff. Uh, it's really, really enjoyable. Uh, I can't <laughs> wait to continue revisiting it. Uh, the scene with the Furbies is terrifying, <laughs> but so good. <laughs> and like, just I remember uh, when I was watching with my girlfriend, she was like crying and snorting because she was laughing so hard at the Furbies. Uh, it's just really fun, really charming. The animation is phenomenal. Uh, I just love the visual styling of it and the dynamic between all the characters, especially uh, the father and the daughter, is great. Yeah. Um, I really liked this. Um, I didn't love it like everyone else did, uh, but I liked it quite a bit. I think I gave it a four. Um, it was a little long for me. Um, I think it was like two hours long. It was, it was, it overstayed its welcome a bit. Um, but overall I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I would definitely watch a sequel or something else in this world. I think these characters are really interesting and, um, definitely enjoyed it um i also liked the uh cam the other family that they always run into that's like perfect isn't it it's like is it john legend it's john or, legend chrissy teigen yeah which i enjoyed that that was a fun bit um but yeah no i enjoyed it uh scully what about you yeah i really enjoyed it um i was a little skeptical and hesitant going in because i i i have a i have a thing with like animated films in the last five years i think a lot of them try to speak to a lot of like like the younger kids try to put a lot of those like dumb kid jokes in there i was very relieved to see that they that this movie wasn't so heavy on that really on that family dynamic um and then you kind of had the wacky and crazy comedy come in there at the perfect time the furby scene is terrific uh it scared me to death because i had no idea it was coming the fact that you have a giant Furby screaming like the pain only makes it stronger. I've never, I've never let it be in my life. 
I never thought I would say that, but I relate to a Furby. Uh, the pain only makes it stronger. Um, but I do agree that the family that dynamic is great. Um, it's very relatable for anyone who's you know about to go to college and at least one or if not both your parents are struggling to kind of get to you kind of for those last moments of you know of you all being together before you go off to college. Uh, I think that's something that that's relatable for a lot of people, especially you know in people who are my, who are you know my age, Bowman's age, and Holtzman's age. Um, we can relate to that the most. Uh, you know the, the 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 fact that this movie is well liked in this community is not a surprise because she's literally a film major. The second I saw that she was a film major, I'm like, the like Holtzman, Boatman, Coho, Spence, Albert, they're all gonna love this movie to death. Uh, so. Yeah, I think this movie's great. One of the better animated family films to come out of the last five years or so. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised by how how uh, few and far between like the stupid, dumb kid jokes were. Uh, Nico, did you see this? I uh, have not seen it yet, but I feel like all this Furby talk of like and everything Scully said about the pain only makes it stronger. I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? I need to watch this now just to figure out what he means. It's just so random and just absurd. You just can't help but laugh at it. Uh, Boatman, did you watch this? Yes, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought this movie was awesome. Just super creatively done. I really like this family. Uh, and I, I, I love the redemption uh, that they kind of give the dad at the end. Uh, and then the connection between him and the daughter. I love the main character. I think she's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, if you haven't seen this yet, watch it. It's, it's fantastic. It's super funny. It's got that Lord and Miller style humor, uh, which I love Lord and Miller. I think they haven't made a bad movie. Yeah. All right. Um, we are back over to Scully for his second pick. God, this is tough. I'm between two and I know the exclusion of, of, of either is going to break my heart. Um, but you know, it's screw it. I'm going to go, um, I really wish you hadn't put it on the thumbnail. Uh, I'm going to go with The Incredibles. Um, I, this, I almost picked that. Yeah, I, I think in terms, it, this is very much a me movie because you're compiling superheroes, family films, and action all into, an animation all into one movie. This film is perfect. It's, it's, it's my favorite Pixar film. I think it's, to be honest, the best Pixar film. Because it tells an original superhero story in a way that just works. In a way, you know, superheroes, you know, they've made some public mistakes. They're forced to go into hiding. And then now, in the present day, with this family who, and, you know, they, the kids, you know, Dash and Violet, they deal with, you know, masking their powers every day. Dash wants to go out and compete in sports to show off his speed. But, you know, both, you know, uh, Bob and Helen are like, well, really can't do that. Uh, you know, you see that Bob really, really wants to see his kids kind of use their powers, you know, not really, not whatever they like, but at least in some competitive capacity. Um, I think the fact that it's all four family members, well, five if you count Jack-Jack, have such differing personalities. They all have their own signature moments in the film that really make them such likable characters. Um, the, 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 the moment where Dash is running on water uh, through the island while being chased by the guards, one of my favorite scenes ever. Just everything in that scene is just, it's, it's funny, it's awesome. 
Um, and then the family dynamic is it's it, it's 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 perfect because you know you add in the pressures of being of having these powers, being superheroes. You know, there, there's there's more stress added on to the parents to protect their kids, and there's more stress on the kids to kind of maybe live up to how great their parents are. Um, so I think this movie is absolutely perfect. It captures kind of the stresses of being this, you know, normal family, but also not being normal, being as far from normal as humanly possible. Um, so yeah, I I absolutely love this movie. Uh, yeah, this is a great friggin' movie. Uh, this is my number five Pixar. Um, I think it's a five out of five movie. I think it's pretty perfect. Um, not too much to complain about. Um, I remember seeing this in the theater with my dad and just losing my mind. Um, it was incredible. Um, Fun I, yeah, no, not, I didn't mean it that way, but yeah, absolutely. Um, the, this was at a time where like, there were a lot of movies coming out that I remember being super excited about going to see with my dad. Like we saw, uh, you know, return of the King, the, December before and then Spider-Man 2 came out that year and then this came out that Thanksgiving and uh, this was like this this is just one of those special films that I'll always remember seeing with my dad in the theater and having just an absolute blast and I will say this the PlayStation 2 video game that came along with the Incredibles um, I remember feeling like such a badass because it was rated T for teen uh, and I was a nine-year-old playing that video game on my PS2, and I remember being hyped. Uh, but yeah, no, everything. I mean, we've we've talked about this movie a lot over the years in this uh, community, and it's great. It's 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 awesome. Uh, Nico, you said you almost picked it. Uh, to quote one Mike Hanley, "It's a great fucking movie." That's true. Um, like so great, in fact, that fans patiently waited fourteen years. Uh, as, what? Well, not not to be let down, but basically they waited for a continuation of this beloved story. That that's how much it was loved. Like uh, the the joke still holds up that is that this is the Fantastic Four movie everyone has wanted and been waiting for for uh, for decades. And you know, like its impact is kind of felt still to this day in that like I'm noticing bits and pieces of the plot from this movie being used in this first season of Superman and Lois on the CW, because essentially it's like, Hey, super powered parent dealing with super powered child. And, uh, you know, even though Lois isn't powered, like she is still kind of caught in the middle of all this, trying to help uh, uh, keep this family on the tracks um, as well as their other son, who at the moment at least does not have powers. Uh, uh, but you, you know, it's like, it's a great family movie, great superhero movie, great movie as a whole. And yeah, I almost picked it for those exact reasons. Bowman. Uh, it's the Incredibles. I, there's, I feel like there's very little I can say that hasn't been said. There, there's a reason everyone loves this movie. It's awesome. Edna Mode, no capes. Frozone is a great side character. Uh, the movie's fantastic. And I'll retreat what Tim said on the uh, PS2 game. Shout out to my brother uh, for giving me the P uh, PS2 and uh, this video game for like my sixth birthday. And then like we later found out he like took it from someone else and had to give it back. So I was out of PS2. Cool. Yikes. Uh, Holtzman. Eli Boltman's dad was 
Uh, yeah, like I don't think there's anything I can say about this movie that hasn't been said already. It's fantastic. It's really enjoyable. Uh, it's also top five Pixar for me. I can't remember where exactly, but this movie's great. Uh, I think it's a movie that gets better as you get older because you sort of realize more of the nuances of uh, the relationship and everything. Whereas you're a kid, you, when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, superheroes? Cool. And that's kind of the whole movie to you. But then as an adult, you're like, oh, no, like this is like. Helen clearly thinks that Bob is cheating on him. Yeah. Like all this stuff. And then like seeing the, the one thing that I like read about that I saw somewhere is uh, the way it looks at buddy uh, when they show uh, Mr. Incredible telling buddy to go home in the opening scene. And then later when buddy recounts it, and if you just compare them, they're animated completely differently where like to buddy, like it's this just like evil mean thing. It's all shot from like low angles where where Mr. Incredible is looking down on him and everything, and just like is fully incorrect about the events that happened. And just going back and noticing that and seeing that and having that pointed out makes it even better. Uh, yeah, there's a reason it deserves a spot on this list, and there's a reason it was the thumbnail for the video. Yeah. All right, we'll go to my next pick, um, guys. So families can be uh, described in lots of different ways. Um, sometimes, you know, they're blood relatives. Sometimes you create your own family. And that's exactly what happens in the fellowship of the... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to talk about <laughs> things tonight. Uh, but <laughs> what I am going to talk about uh, is the one that I thought Boatman was going to pick and he didn't. So I'm going to jump on it and it's Lilo and Stitch. Son uh, of a bitch! <laughs> And we could cross that off my list. <laughs> uh, Not the one I thought Bowman was going to bring up first. Actually, uh, I think no Bowman's free to take the other. <laughs> Lilo and Stitch is great. Uh, it's another Disney movie that uh, is kind of. Per- I didn't realize how much I love this movie um, until I revisited it as an adult. I watched it a lot as a kid. Always liked it, but. As an adult rewatching it, a lot of the like themes and comedy, especially, like really hit home now. Um, it's fantastic. As Stitch is so friggin' cute. It's stupid. Um, it makes me mad how cute they animate this fucking alien. Uh, it's, and there's just so much about it that is is so funny and dumb, but it just like works so well. Like the whole mosquitoes bit, they're an endangered species. It's so stupid, but it's hilarious. Um, I just, yeah, I love all the characters. My favorite bit in the whole movie though, is towards the end when uh, Nani like is finally like stitch finally talks to her or whatever after Lilo gets taken away. And then <laughs> Jumba like grabs stitch and stitch does like a, and he's like we're not gonna help you we've got it is like yelling at him and then stitch just yeah okay fine we'll help you and he's like just like that well he's very persuasive (laughs) it's it's so dumb but it's hilarious and i love the relationship between lilo and stitch and uh the elvis stuff is hilarious um when she when they're doing like teaching uh stitch all the different like elvis stuff and like how to how to behave and everything and they're at like the hotel or whatever and the lady sing there and stitch is just inching closer to her and puts his hand on her and lilo now kiss her <laughs> it's so funny um 
I had the wonderful pleasure of deep cutting this movie uh, back in, I think it was November, October of last year. And it was the most fun I've had deep cutting a movie in a very long time. It's, it's great. I love this movie. Uh, Scully. Yeah. I rewatched it the first time in like at least 10 years, uh, like last month. I love this movie to death. You know, early 2000 Disney is just, they just, gold mines of, of, of jokes and heartfelt family stuff. And it, it's, it's, it, it, this movie is just near perfect. Um, I think Stitch is like adorable, but also he's just incredibly funny. I think his fight uh, at Lilo's house at, at the end of the film, just the moment where he's holding the car over saying he's like blue punch buggy and just smashes the car is hysterical and like even more subtle moments like when nani sees like the, the like the fire trucks going she's like don't turn left don't turn left don't turn left and then it turns left um and just all, all, all the characters just have like really really funny moments and then the the chemistry between lilo and stitch is also great and i think was one of the like best moments you know like funniest moments is just when lilo is just laying there on the floor with the elvis Elvis record playing and Nani's trying to just bust in. There's actually a whole Twitter account dedicated to that scene and they do it with like different songs. And it's one of my favorite uh, accounts on, on, on Twitter. It's great. Um, but yeah, this movie easily top 10. Yeah. yeah uh, top five uh, Disney animation uh, for me. So yeah, I love this movie. Uh, Nico, you were very upset when I brought it up. Yeah, because I was gonna pick it next, and now I'm not sure what to pick. Um, yeah, like Scully took the Incredibles, and I was like, okay, I'll just pick Lilo and Stitch next, and then you just snatched it out from underneath me. Uh, that was gonna be like my mic drop uh, move. I was just gonna grab a TV remote, drop it, and then walk off. As I said, uh, you're more than welcome to do Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, no, thank you. Um, but um, the. Uh, when I talk about this movie, it'll kind of be me talking about the property of Lilo and Stitch as a whole because I followed all the expanded canon afterwards. But I, mm-hmm. I just fell in love with Stitch as a character uh, from the moment I saw him. Like, I have Christmas ornaments uh, uh, based around Stitch. I have all kinds of toys. Like, I, uh, for, uh, like I, I collected all the toys that were based on his cousins from the TV series, and I have this movie to thank me for. Uh, to, to, I have this movie to thank for starting me on this journey of Stitch love. All right, uh, Boatman. It's no secret I love Lilo and Stitch. Uh, I think this is a perfect blend of hilarious comedy and just heartbreaking moments. Uh, and yeah, no, this is a movie about like the. Th- theme of finding family even when it's not the traditional sense of the word family and i really like those types of movies and yeah i think the movie's just beautiful holtzman uh yeah this is also my favorite disney movie uh i love it i think it's the funniest movie disney has ever made uh just so uh, enjoyable and endlessly quotable. I think the relationship between Nani and Lilo is brilliant and so well done where it's like, yeah, they're still sisters and they get on each other's nerves sometimes, but also like Nani is clearly like really cares for Lilo and is there to do everything for it. Where it's like, yeah, when Lilo and Stitch end up causing a commotion at the restaurant and Nani ends up getting fired. And then uh, Lilo's like, did you get fired because of me? And Nani goes, 
no, the va- the manager was a vampire. He wanted me to join his legion of the undead. Like, is just like saying what she can to sort of protect Lilo and make Lilo feel safe. Uh, I think is great. Uh, just so funny and endlessly quotable. Uh, if I bring Pudge Tuna, I'd be an abomination. <laughs> uh, just absolutely brilliant. Uh, I go back to this movie. It's fish. But no, uh, I've been meaning to get back around to watching this one because it's been a little bit since I've seen it, but I absolutely adore this movie. uh, And it speaks volumes that this is only my second favorite film from the duo of directors that made this. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Okay. Nico, do you know what you're going to pick? I guess I'll go with um, something that I'm known for here. Uh, I'm going to pick a movie that, like, if Lilo and Stitch was about finding a family metaphorically, then I'm going to pick a movie that's literally about finding your family, that family coming back together, and then having to forgive family when tragedy rips it apart again. How to Train Your Dragon 2. Nice. Two Dean DeBlois movies making the list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it seems to be a specialty of his. Um, so if the first movie was about Hiccup sort of trying to become the son his father always wanted, and then his father just having to accept this is the son I have and I need to love him either way. Uh, uh, like it, Movie number two is um, um, Hiccup being the – Hiccup now trying to fill in his dad's shoes – and lo and behold, oh, I finally meet my mom. And as and like as a self-proclaimed mama's boy, like uh, like I um uh, I I love that they get to explore that connection between uh, Hiccup and Valka and how like he really took after her in being uh, the hippie uh, environmental activist uh, uh, trying to preserve uh, these dragons rather than hunt them for sport or because they're uh, just defending themselves. Um, and you, you know what. Well, when when stoic finally finds hiccup uh, and he and he sees valka in i realize i'm being super spoily but i don't care uh, uh when when, when, when seven years old i'm you're fine fair enough when, when stoic sees valka for the first time in like what 19 years in that cave and he just slowly walks up to her dropping his helmet dropping his axe and and just goes up to her with like he he's just in total shock and he just says you're as beautiful as the day i lost you gets me every fucking time it, 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 it's that powerful and then watching them uh is sort of do uh the, the song and dance they did at their wedding uh it, like it, it the that's it like it, the more that the family interacts with each other they're, they're coming back together and it's just warming my heart more and more and more um and you're and you're like so excited because you're, you're thinking to yourself by the end of this movie they're all gonna be a family again and plus Astrid is uh, like uh, Hiccup's betrothed so it's like this family is just gonna be that much bigger and all, everyone's gonna be happy and then Dragon Mind Control throws everything out of whack with that plan. Uh, 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 Toothless gets brainwashed and just wipes out um, a Stoic as he was trying to wipe out Hiccup by the way. Uh, uh, and, and then, so like hiccups pissed because, Hey, my dog with wings just murdered my dad. I'm super pissed. Uh, uh, and 
and and so then Hiccup like has to mature really fast in that moment. Uh, uh, get get through the five stages of grief with the aid of his mom now, sort of helping him. Because imagine how much pain he would have been in if he didn't have his mom to help him get through that moment. Uh, and, and then and then just the forgives Toothless. Uh, uh, the the power of their friendship, their uh, their kinship. Uh, uh, helps Toothless overcome the mind control and uh, uh, the, they beat um, Drago Bloodvist. Yeah, that's a creative villain name. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm roasting this movie I love because I love it enough that I can roast it. Um, and uh, Toothless becomes the alpha and it's like, this is the best movie of the three in my opinion. It's a great family. It's a great family movie to boot. Um, I, I, I love it so much. Yeah, uh, I agree with Nico. I think this is the best of the trilogy. Um, that's why I put the best one in parentheses on the screen. Uh, I I love this movie. Um, I love all three of them, but for me, it goes this one, the first one, then the third one. Um, and I just think the all the characters are great. I think this is one of the most beautiful looking DreamWorks movies. I think the music is insanely good i don't remember the name of the song but the song that plays when we first see toothless and uh hiccup uh, flying together it also plays during the credits is, is i have it on my yeah. phone i'll look it up uh, yeah i don't, I don't oh, know is the, is the second one where no one goes or is that from the first one that it, it is no where no, no one goes no. um but i don't think that's actually uh john powell i think that's uh it's like it's, 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 it's a different artist, but it's it's really the song. The song's great. Um, the movie's fantastic. I, I I I was really mad when this didn't win best animated feature when that middling uh, Disney superhero movie won instead. Um, so yeah, I'm I love this movie. I think this is a great pick, uh, Scully. Yeah, I like this movie a lot too. I think the first one is is better, but I still think this film is uh, uh, fantastic. Um, I, I, I like how this was the How to Train Dragon film that was chosen for, for family. I think this one best signifies the, the, the familial aspect of it because, you know, we're seeing, you know, Valka brought in, in, in the picture how much she is like Hiccup. And for like 20, 25 glorious minutes, it's kind of like that perfect family setting with them uh, just all together in Valka's cave, just having a good time and talking and you know, reminiscing. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's about tragedy. It's about losing family members who, you know, after, after you've just found one after such a long time. Um, I agree. The music is fantastic. I think where no one goes at the end of the film is be a beautiful song uh, that plays um, at the end of the film. Um, and John Powell's score is fantastic. Um, he, I, I'm mad he wasn't nominated um for any of the times that he scored these films, because his scores are his scores. He, are, he was nominated. He, he was he one. was nominated for the first one. Oh, for the first one. Should have oh, won. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that that's a discussion we're gonna have later. Um, uh, but yeah, I think this is a great movie. Love it. Uh, everybody take notes because Caleb Coho is gonna mess up uh, Thomas Scully's face later. Boatman. Uh, <laughs> This movie's great. Uh, I have people yelling at me because I had a match I was supposed to play like now, so I'm not going to talk super long. Good, really good movie. Best of the trilogy. All right, Holtzman. 
Uh, yeah, oh. it's no secret. I also love these movies. Uh, this isn't my favorite of the trilogy. I still prefer the first one. Uh, but I think if we're talking for family, this is the pick. Uh, I think just the way that this trilogy, basically, the first movie is Hiccup exploring his relationship with his father through the eyes of his relationship with Toothless. The second one is him exploring his relationship with his mother through his relationship with Toothless. And the third one is just his relationship with Toothless. Um but yeah, no, like Nico said, the moment where uh, Valka and Stoic first uh, reunite is absolutely beautiful and so amazing. Uh, the score for this movie is incredible. Uh, and then, yeah, just the way that like they're back together, their family is whole again for less than, I think, like 20 minutes of the runtime of this movie. And then it's all ripped away from them again. And the way just the animation is beautiful. I love, I love all of these movies, but yeah. All right. Uh, Boatman, your next pick. Okay. Uh, my next pick is little miss sunshine. I think this is just a fantastic dramatic comedy, uh, featuring great performances. Uh, the whole cast plays a family and really it's, it's a movie that is what families are, which is a bunch of broken people coming together to try to make each other less broken and make themselves less broken. And I think it's really funny. Uh, I love all the performances, uh, particularly Steve Carell. I think this is his best performance, Abigail Breslin and Alan Arkin. I think this movie is just super touching and the way the the family all comes together in the final dance, fantastic. Uh, I, just, just a really fun road trip movie. I love it. Uh, Tim, I have people yelling at me about a match. Uh, is it cool if I dip out? Yeah, yeah. Okay, bye guys. Sorry about that. Um, that was his, I've been turned to do a cow, can I go home moment. Here's the thing, is literally on my list that I have of things I could bring up, I wrote Little Miss Sunshine and then just wrote next to it, Boat will put, <laughs> I wrote Boat will say this. Um, yeah, I like this movie. I've only seen it once, but I enjoyed it a lot. Um. I did, I don't have this like uh, love for it that everyone else does, um, but I think it's really great. I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, a lot of the people in the movie. I like uh, it's Greg Kinnear, right? Is the is the dad? Uh, Steve Carell, Paul Dano. I'm a big fan of. Um, I don't think Alan Arkin really necessarily deserved to win for this, but he's really good in the movie. Um, so yeah, uh, Scully. Uh, yeah, I, I watched still recently for, you know, just I did like a 2006 binge, uh, you know, m- most of us did. Um, and I, I, I watched this for like the first time, loved it, absolutely loved it. I think all the different, I think all the acting performances are great. Uh, Paul Dano in particular is, is, is great. Uh, Alan Arkin is incredibly funny. I'm not, not sure if I give him the win that year or not. Um, but he's uh, he's uh, great. There's a huge uh, in, in in this movie. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Tony Collette as an actress, but she is really really good. But Abigail Breslin is definitely the 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 spotlight. Uh, it shines on her the brightest. She she is so good. She's sweet and endearing and really really funny in, in some moments. And then you and then you have Steve Carell who does such a have 180 from what he was all what he was doing at, at, at the time of that film's release with 40 year old virgin and you know just coming out and him doing the office at that time so it was such a 180 from his his roles that he was doing at that time 
uh, which is even more impressive. Um, so yeah, I, I really, really enjoy this movie. Uh, Nico, have you seen this? Nope. Holtzman, do you want to? Uh, add yeah, no, more? I, I really like this movie. Uh, I find it quite enjoyable. It's in my top hundred. I watched it for the first time last year, and I've watched it a couple times since. Uh, I think it's just so fun. I think it's so funny, but also has like these dramatic moments, uh, like the moment where uh, Paul Dano's character finally breaks his vow of silence. I think is phenomenal uh, and just like really well done. Um, my favorite comedic moment in this is when uh, they get pulled over on the highway by uh, by Dean Norris from Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, that's a they, have the, they have their grandpa's body in the trunk of their car, and he's like, "Do you have any idea why I pulled you?" And he's like, "Oh, what's that in the back seat?" And they're like, "Oh no, they're gonna find." Then we have this corpse, and then he's just like, "You know what? I'll let go like the broken taillight or whatever you have, but you have to let me keep these." random porn magazines that I found in the back. <laughs> it's just like the most ridiculous thing, but it's so good and so funny. Um, you know, this movie's fantastic. Uh, Carell and Arkin and Colette and Kinnear, like everyone is just firing on all cylinders. Uh, and Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris are just a great pair of directors because Ruby Sparks is also quite enjoyable, I think. All right. Um, I think we are to Holtzman for your final, for the final pick of the night. Yep. Uh, I don't think this should come as a surprise to anyone, uh, but there's a family of four siblings who, uh, by the names of Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy. Oh Uh, no. I'm picking the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. God damn it. And no one Uh. can stop me. Uh, uh, full essay, so way to go, Holtman. Yep. <laughs> uh, no, I I adore this movie. It's no secret. This is one of my favorites of all time. I think I brought it up the last time I was on the show because I rewatched it. Uh, so it was the my favorite thing I had watched the last week. But just both of these movies, I think, are brilliant, and I adore them. I think just the dynamic with their family is so real with them, where it's like. Yeah, you have the younger sister who everyone's trying to protect. You have the shitty younger brother. You have the older brother who's like has to be the replacement for their dad and the situation that they're in. Uh, and you have the sister who's trying to be the motherly figure and just doesn't really know what she's doing. And then they stumble upon the fantasy world of Narnia and have to do what they can to stick together. Uh, sure enough, Edmund ruins everything for all of them. Uh, just like by being the villain, but like they still forgive him. I think that just this movie is as beautiful as it was the day it came out. I think the effects still hold up. I think Aslan still looks incredible. Uh, Just the way this movie captures the magic of the books, I think is perfection. Uh, I will always adore this movie, but I already talked about it on the show once and I talked about it on the top 100. So let's just get on with it. Uh, I like this movie. I was also, you know, here when we talked about it, um, a couple weeks ago on the musicals episode, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a good movie. I liked it a lot as a kid. I don't like it as much now as an adult, but I still enjoy it overall. Uh, it's long, but it doesn't feel long, which I think is the best thing about it. Honestly, is it's like two hours and 25 minutes and it kind of goes by like that. So, uh, yeah, and it saved my ass this weekend in fandom fights against Mark Menchaca. So, 
That's always good. That's always good. Um, Scully, what is your take? Yeah, I really love this movie. Um, it's yeah, I think the family dynamics I think really go unnoticed. I think the very beginning of the, of the film where Edmund is rushing back into his house to grab the photo of his dad. That's really emblematic of everything we see going forward because you know everything he kind of does, most things he does in the film, Edmund does, are really out of fear. He doesn't really have anybody kind of looking over him and challenging him um, and kind of making sure that he is the best person he, that he can be. And you see Peter and Susan try their best to kind of grow into these maternal and, and paternal roles for Lucy and Edmund. Um, I, I think that's I think that's what the part of the film that I think goes unnoticed by a lot of viewers. At its core, it's four siblings who are looking at out, out for each other, and this whole battle for Narnia, this whole crusade against the White Witch, is really the backdrop to their relationship. Um, so I, I I love this movie. It's in my top ten of Disney live action. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. Nico, what about you? So. It was either fourth or fifth grade. The book was required reading as part of the curriculum for English class. Uh, and then as part of a field trip, they took us to the theater to see the movie in the theater. Oh, um, cool. And you three can do this movie justice. Here's what I will say about it. When traveling dimensions, if a goat person and a witch offers you Turkish delight, Say no. Turkish Delight is terrible. But then again, Edmund was also part of the World War II sugar rations. So you know what? We'll give him a pass. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, Judas. I mean, uh, Edmund is a pretty messed up character. Yeah, he's, pretty, <laughs> he's pretty crazy. Uh, okay, so that is the final pick of the evening. Uh <laughs> for uh the movies about families our our final list let's take a look uh our final list which you can find on the letterbox multiplex log dish we have cheaper by the dozen instant family warrior royal tenon bombs mitchell's versus the machines the incredibles lilo and stitch how to train your dragon 2 little miss sunshine and the lion the witch and the wardrobe. Uh, again, if you want to head over to the Letterboxd, there is the link. You can uh, go check out uh, the profile where we have all the movies that we've talked about this evening. Um, okay, we're going to get into the final part of the show. Uh, me and Holtzman have already spoken about the movie of the month, Kubo and the Two Strings. But we are going to uh, have Nico finally and Scully talk about it. Um, that being said... Again, I will reiterate at the end of the show, when they're done with this, I have an announcement. A very, very important announcement, so you guys want to listen to that. So, um, Scully, we'll start with you. Actually, no, we'll start with Nico, because we've been waiting. Nico, your thoughts on Kubo and the two things? Um, I liked it. Um, I thought it was a very creative plot. Um, I'm keeping my thoughts brief. Uh, uh, I, I thought it was a very creative uh, plot. I feel like there are it, it, it's kind of predictable, but in but not in a bad way. You can see where certain things are going to go, uh, especially with certain characters. But it's like, okay, that that's still a good story being told here. Um, uh, and uh, the, the the things he's able to do with 
the guitar uh, or, or the instrument. I'm not entirely sure what kind of instrument it is, uh, uh, but it looks guitar. Um, uh, I like. I think it's really cool how he can basically manipulate uh, paper art uh, using the power of of his of his strings. Um, and um, as I said, uh, the, it's predictable, but in a good way. Although the uh, the ending, or rather the the how the climax itself. Uh, with the um, the villain, that was a very out of left field way to end uh, things with that character, and I th- I think it's a very creative and unique way to uh, to handle that. Although there is kind of a question of morality to the to that choice being made, uh, in my opinion. But uh, all in all, it, it's a well made movie. Uh, it, it's an entertaining movie. Um, and, and I think it's worthy of the hype that it's gotten. All right. And what would you give it out of five? I believe I gave it a four. All right. Uh, Scully, your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I first like 20, 25 minutes, I was kind of unsure of where it was going to go. Um, but I think once, well, once I think Kubo started his journey, I, I got, I got, I got much more into it. I think I think um, one of the standouts is Rumi Mara. I think she does a really good job with her roles, you know, playing the evil ants. Uh, I think though, I think those are two really cool and pretty terrifying characters. I love the animation. This is my first first Leica film that I've watched, um, mm-hmm. so I think I'll probably have to go back and watch a couple more Leica films. Um, I, I I will agree with 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 Nico like the the. The certain things about characters that are revealed, it you you got you could kind of tell it was coming in the early parts of the film, um, but again I didn't mind it because I really was enjoying the journey that we were going on with Kubo, um, and uh, and I, the ending I really love the ending the, the 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 whole out of left field ending that we got, um, in terms of the morality of it, I think it kind of makes sense you know you all you know for somebody who you know, maybe doesn't have a family anymore. You need someone with you, and then having that character along at, at, at his side now, and having the chance to kind of redeem him in a way, um, and kind of you know bringing him into your life and, and like learning about him a bit. Um, it was very emotional and very well done. So I give full props to them for managing that twist really, really well. Um, I also gave this a four star review. I think it's really good. Uh, it didn't. I, I I don't think it's like incredible or anything. Uh, but it's 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 very it's very well made. It's short, which 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 I like because I think a story like that needs to be relatively short. It's only like it really when it boils down to only I think like an hour and thirty minutes of actual mm-hmm. film. Um, so yeah, I really really enjoyed it. Awesome. One more thing I forgot to mention. Uh, at people who have seen the film will probably recognize the comparison I'm about to make, but I feel like a lot of the themes similar to what you would see in Pixar's Coco. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. A lot of similar stuff. Um, okay. Well, guys, that's the show. Uh, like I've been teasing all episode, we have something to announce. Uh, Cody will be talking about um, some more details with us tomorrow on YLS, so you're going to want to check into that as well. Um, but we're selling out. We're doing the video store thing, and we're moving to Twitch. Uh, here's what's happening. Um, 
Tuesdays and Wednesdays, logged it, and YLS is going to be moving over to Twitch. We have a new uh, Twitch channel. I will throw up the link uh, in just one second. Um, but we have a channel that we're starting, and uh, we're going to be moving the live shows over there. So what does that mean? It means that on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights, um, and then Mondays, um, this is something else we haven't announced publicly yet, but Two Weeks Trivia Night is moving to bi-weekly. And it will be every other week offsetting with miscellaneous on Mondays. So every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you're going to get a live show over on Twitch. Um, so it'll be live over there. What we need is for you guys to go over to Twitch, follow the Twitch page, um, subscribe to it, follow to it, whatever the Twitch thing is, follow it. Um and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a giveaway. So uh, Cody will talk about more about this tomorrow. Here's the link for anybody that wants to go over and uh, follow it now. What we are going to be doing is um, whoever, uh, if we get up to, um, I forget the exact amount. I think we said 50, which Cody will talk about it more tomorrow. If we get up to 50, both Cody and I will be giving away uh, digital movie codes to random people um, if we beat that goal. So uh, there'll be more details about that starting tomorrow on YLS, but you're going to want to go over to the Twitch thing, follow the Twitch channel so that um, you can uh, see the shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, live over there. What's going to happen then is the shows will still upload to YouTube, but it'll be about 48 hours later, a little more like 36 hours later. Um, so the Monday shows will upload on Wednesday mornings, uh, logged it will upload on YouTube Thursday morning, and YLS will upload to YouTube on Friday morning. But you can still check it out live on Twitch on the normal times. And we need you guys to go over there and follow it so that you can uh, still watch the shows live because we want you to interact with it and everything. But it's just going to be over there now for those nights. Uh, and that will be starting July 6th. So the first week of July is when we will be live on Twitch. Um, going forward. So uh, if you have any questions about it, reach out to me or Cody, um, but that's what's going to be happening. So uh, we're very excited, but like I said, go over there, follow that page, and we'll be uh, more details about the giveaway starting tomorrow with Mr. Cody. So that's going to do it for us tonight, though. Uh, thank you guys for watching. We will see you very soon with another episode, uh, and check out YLS tomorrow and all the other stuff going. Uh, thank you to Nico, Scully, and Holtzman, and Boatman. We will see you guys soon. Have a good one. Bye. In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening.